It's a five-star podcast. Because we do it. What's What's up, everybody? Welcome back. It's another episode of the What's Real podcast, episode 139. I am your host, Ed Demko, along with my co-host, cohort, co-conspirator, co-contributor, and my tag team championship partner in podcasting. The J himself, Jared Bajoris. What's going on, the J? Gobble, gobble, hey, yeah. It's November here at the What's Real podcast. It is episode 139, as you stated, which is the countdown, as we do here from two alum of Woody High, where it's the 140 ounce next week. So that will be a big extravaganza. We're both going to have to get 40s and drink them during the show just for shits and grins for that one. But as you can tell, the Jay is as pumped as always as he needs to be on the dub bar question mark. Hey, you know, and this is one of the episodes that you and I talk about where it's either going to be a complete train wreck or it might be maybe not the best episode we ever did, but one of the funniest because your boy, the Jay is more delirious than ever, as I'm sure you will get into because we're recording much later than we typically typically do for certain circumstances. And I am just on cloud 69 right now. So let's see what happens, hey, Ed, but I'm ready for the adventure. Let's do the damn thing. Yeah, indeed. We'll get into that in a moment. But again, we do have a good show for you guys this week. As usual, we're going to be talking some NFL as we do. Uh, of course, we're going to go over predictions from last week, make predictions for next week, talk some fantasy football, power rankings, and something different this week because there is no Steeler game because they're on a bye. We're going to do the NFL Midseason Awards, so that'll be fun. Uh, we're going to be talking about a few different things there. Uh, of course, Tales from the Territories is back. This week is all about Stampede Wrestling uh, from the famous Hart family and the debut of a brand new segment here on the show. Fridays at midnight, uh, the J has the first pick this time. We're going to go back to 1987. We're going to talk Masters of the Universe. Uh, of course, we're going to be talking some goofs and much, much more. But as the J said, we are both delirious this week, uh, like really bad. We're starting super late this week. Uh, I had to go into the office today, and that's horrible because, you know, everybody thinks Pittsburgh's such a livable place, the J, until you need to fucking drive anywhere. Uh. It's like... It's it's the easiest place to drive off a bridge. Put it that way. You're going straight through from where you come from. For those listening in other countries and other worlds or out of state, a thing called the Squirrel Hill Tunnel, and it is brutal. It separates mm. our city from the East Hills of Pittsburgh, and for some reason, the city planners and anybody that has ever been involved with city planning in Pittsburgh has never figured out traffic through the scroll hill tunnel and anytime you need to go through there like hey ed had to do today is absolute brutality well, it, it's it's a double dose the jay because i also get to go through the fort Pitt well tunnel. and then other tunnels because so, that's where we live pittsburgh is the city of bridges we have as many bridges in the world as like some european like random cities that compete with the total number of bridges but we're up there and because of the geography and mountains and bridges and tunnels and Everything else, yeah. In the weather. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot fun. to traverse our city if, if you're not from here. Yeah. Dude, trust me. I'm already thinking about things towards the end of my week that I can do to, like, fuck off driving home. Like, I'm going to, like, I was at a place that I talked to you about. You know what I'm talking about, the, uh, the fucking place where Gross Fest was, like, the bar. 
And I'm like, I'm about to go over there Thursday and just eat and get drunk. Let me know. I'll meet you. Yeah. Seriously, I'm I'm really pondering that shit because there's no point in driving home in stupid traffic when I could just go eat dinner and fucking hang out and have a couple beers and then go home. And then it's like the drive's so much easier and I'm, I ate. Like, yeah. and I'm not aggravated. And not aggravated. You feel good. Yeah. Yeah, that's the key. So, but, uh, but yeah, man, uh, you know, it's so please give us a break this week. We're trying here. Uh, but the show's going to be a little bit more truncated than usual, but that's okay. We delivered some pretty good shows for you guys. I don't think, uh, Anybody's going to be too disappointed. Do you, the J? Oh, we'll bring it. Hey, Ian, I, I had my, I, I told you this, just a random side note, bringing it up. Whenever I wear a professional wrestling shirt out, I oh, swear man. to God, you have to get ready to talk to people. Cause like even the, the like some of the weirdest people you're going to encounter. Well, dude, I'm like, I, I will just be realistic about it and say 99% of the times that I have worn a professional wrestling t-shirt, sweat, whatever, you know, representing professional wrestling in some fashion, just wearing one of my professional wrestling gear things out of somebody talking to me. I'm like 99, if not a hundred percent. And I bring it up because you just said uh, today, I was just going to say, just bring it. I had the rock, just bring it shirt on that I got recently. Okay. I think I mentioned that to you. Like I, I kind of started recollecting some of my old shirts that I had in the past, like the classics, the Austin 316 I got again that I had lost okay. in the past, usually to ex-girlfriends. We've talked about that before you know, yeah. in college because I've been in a relationship forever at this point. We always age ourselves getting older. But the point is, it's like every time and just today, running up to, to the gas station and inside, I had to just bring it shirt on. The first person I saw, where'd you get that, bro? And I, and I was like, not trying to be an asshole whatsoever. Like it kind of catches you off guard. And I was like the internet. And he's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I should have, that was kind of stupid on my end. Like you got that at Macy's, which I'm like, I like this dude, like good, good comeback. You know, I'm like, yeah, I wasn't being like, hey, I'm just saying like, you know, we, we got in this whole thing. He was with his girl. I'm like, yeah, I just catch things on the internet and end up, you know, I'm like, I even went in our rant. Hey, Ed, that we always talk about with the nostalgia thing to him. I'm like, yeah, yeah nostalgia gets you every time. And I'm browsing on the internet and that's why I get shit like this. And I'm like, you know, making a joke, just being on the spot, talking to a stranger. I'm like, yeah, my wife's going to divorce me with all this stupid shit like this that I buy, just like making light of the situation. And then bringing that up, I'm like, I keep going. And I'm like, yeah, my, my wife buys more shit than I do. Like for the house, like, we have Amazon boxes galore, so it kind of balances out. And then meanwhile, this random couple in sheets is like, yeah, us too. Like, I do that. And she's like, oh, yeah, I buy all kinds of bullshit. So it turns into these conversations. But the whole point is, to you bringing that up, was me thinking of this to say, just bring it for wearing my rock, just bring it shirt. So all, all that rant, hey, Ed, just bring it. It's going to be this kind of show, me ranting and who knows what else. So. We'll, we'll, we'll make it entertaining, hopefully, for the folks that are hearing us. You actually reminded me. Did you watch the first episode of Young Rock for the new season yet? Yes, because the kids were begging, which is cool. They love it. it. Yeah, it's, it's not bad. You know what I mean? I like the show. I thought, it, you know, it wasn't the greatest episode, but whatever. But uh, the reason why I brought this up, you actually kind of reminded me of it. You know the dude that, like, always interviews them? Like the yeah, dude, the like, Asian dude. Like friends. He's in a show on netflix the blockbuster called, yes did you watch any of that <laughs> no not yet 
Dude, I ran through that shit like over the weekend, like just on like off. It looked it's breezy. So short. Yeah. It's it's I won't say that it's good, but like there's some funny shit in it. It's just like a fucking video store. So like it's like the modern the, sitcom. Well, That's what sitcoms it, are now, kinda. But here's the thing, right? Like it's very whatever, you know, but JB Smoove is in it. Oh, he's hilarious. From fucking, you know, Curb Your Enthusiasm. He's a comedian. Oh, he's shit. great. Like he makes some of the shit. Oh, he's he kills funny me. as shit on there. So it's it's worth watching. I mean, I don't know, you know, how much time I'd invest in it. I ended up just I didn't even think I was as far as I was in it. And I was like, oh shit, it's over. Okay, whatever. But uh, but yeah, it, he's good at it. Dude's funny. Like that he plays the lead. And it has uh the, the one girl from fucking Brooklyn Nine Nine who's super hot that I forget her name. Oh yeah. Stupid. Yeah. But I, I, I do too. But not bad, uh, not, you know, definitely worth checking out periodically. Like I said, it's not like immediately go watch it. But like if you're bored and you just want something stupid to watch, that'll definitely, definitely be the, the thing that uh, that you could pick up on for sure. Oh, you know, what it is we talk about the, the while you work shit that, that we put on because we're in that position yeah. now to kind of just throw background stuff on. So that'd be perfect for that. And dude, something else completely off topic that I wanted to ask you about. I meant to send this to you, but I completely fucking forgot. Uh, but the Hollywood Reporter did an interview with Sylvester Stallone. And the reason why I checked it out is be, it's like the headline. I, I forwarded like, that to myself. Okay. Sylvester Stallone gets candid about career regrets feuds. Quote, I thought I knew everything. Yep. It, it's a really good fucking read, man. I love like, Stallone. Really good. You know that. Like. They get into politics and everything. Like it's it's interesting. Like he's not an asshole about anything. Like he, like dude, it's really weird to see somebody like him, like kind of like master an interview. <laughs> like it's it's good. He, like they they try and like call him on a couple things and like he answers them as good as you possibly can. I like, like it. Yeah, I can't wait to read it, that. Yeah, it's really good. I was going to say, if anybody's out there, you know, check out the Hollywood Reporter Sylvester Stallone interview because it's long as shit. He talks about a lot of stuff in his life. He even gets to, like, I didn't know this. Like, he didn't sound bitter, and he was like, you know, good luck to them and everything. But I guess there was, Erwin Winkler's the producer that he's having a problem with from Rocky. Which yeah, we, we talked about, about that. A while ago yep. on the show. But uh, the other guy, uh, who his name escapes me, um, who is no longer alive. Stallone was like, he was fine. He was easy to deal with everything else. But like, I do kind of get, he makes his point in this about the whole thing where he's like, he's like, I know like he's only asking for rights moving forward. He knows yeah, he said he, he wants a, a legacy for his daughters and things like that. It's like, dude, well, I'm and, fucking Rocky. And well, he was going nuts about the Drago one that they might be making with Dolph. Lundgren. Right. Yeah. And he was mad um, at Dolph for a little bit. I think they worked that out there. Yeah. They, they cover that. They're cool yeah. now, but they even, he even says, he's like, you know, he's like, I just wanted the rights moving forward. He's like, but it kills me. He's like, like say they make the, the, um, the fucking Drago movie. Um, he's like, I don't get any of that. He's like, the producers get it. 
Michael B. Jordan gets it because he's an executive. He's like, I can't even be an executive producer on something that I legitimately yeah, wrote and created and, myself. And that's a like, close place to my heart, you know, creating some in, in, you know original independent film stuff that's out there. Uh, as we always say, not that I'm comparing myself to Sylvester Stallone by any means, but I get it, you know, because people might be out there like, dude, you're a multi-millionaire legendary star, but that's the thing. It's, it's beyond that. Like not everything's about money and fame and that bullshit. He's dude. like, dude, this is my art. This is my creation. This is me. He even brings it up and says, like, the Rocky stuff is the only stuff that people say to me. He's like, all that other shit that he's in, done. Yep, a million yes. things. And he's like, and all the stuff I say, like, even when I'm in public, like, yo, Adrian, like the whole, he's like, I don't get paid for any of that. None of it. And I wrote it. Yeah, yeah, that's that's like, just fucked. He said that somebody that he trusted to manage his money is the one that signed their rights away originally, um, and they fucked that up. Hey, we know from Pittsburghers and humongous fans of George Romero that the yeah. that derailed George Romero's entire career. You know, because he was well, ahead of the game in a lot of ways and just didn't know legality versions uh, and things. You know, dude, I kind of push back on that. You know as much of a Romero fan as I am. It's like it, it set him back financially for sure, um, but it made him like a fucking household name. Like right. everybody it's, saw that. That's movie a good point. It it's a double edged sword. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, like George didn't need the money. He did well for himself, uh, but at the same time, like yeah, that would have been a shitload of money. Um, but dude, they the circling back to the Stallone thing. So they were making. Uh, Rambo 3, I think, or maybe it was, no, it was Rocky 3, I'm sorry. And uh, they wanted him to do Rocky 4. And he was up for it, but he was like, but I don't even know what it's going to be. Like, what, Rocky 3 didn't even come out yet. So he was kind of like, you know, I don't know if I want to do this or not. They offered him $34 million and he turned it down. Wow. Even though he would eventually go on to make Rocky 4. Um and dude, they did the. They were like, in today's money, that's eighty-five million dollars. He just turned down. Yeah, but I mean, he says he's like, yo, I just thought I knew everything. Yeah. Like, hey, and you don't. Yeah, and 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 again, I'm sure he's not living with any regrets, but he wants well, he wants what's <laughs> his. You know, it's funny because he says like he used to say stupid shit in interviews. Like he's like, it's cringy. Like I hate it. And uh, they ask him about something. He's like, you were quoted in da 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 And this was in the 70s. He's like, there's not enough masculine men. He's like, what do you think about that statement in the world today? And he's like, see what I'm saying? He's like, oh, there's not a, like, that's awful. He's like, in the 70s was a pretty masculine time. So he's like, I don't even know what I was talking about. Well, that's what happens. That's Again, like not to diatribe as we consistently say on the show. It's a whole podcast topic for another day, as we say. But it's kind of how social media is. It's like and, and to just witch hunt everybody that said this and that and, and everything else that goes down with Twitter and things like that. And. Twitter's a whole other animal right now with what's going on there. It, it's just, you know, that, that's what's cool about hearing somebody like, you know, somebody like Stallone say things like that, though, you know, because it goes in the all this stuff that we're dealing with with everybody. Like, we're all in the public eye now. We even talk about that having a podcast, you know, we're, we're well, on dude, this lower level podcast. But nonetheless, our shit's out there to the world. So, 
So I'm going to take it deep on this one because I was thinking about this after I like read the interview. It was just like running through my head. So who knew you the best when you were 20 years old? Wouldn't you say it was probably you? Yeah, me and my like best friends, you know. Yeah, well, like you saw your life at 20 through your own eyes, right? right? You're the only person that's ever that knows. done ever. Yeah. Yes. But 42-year-old Jared doesn't even know 20-year-old Jared and you knew him better than anyone else. No, it's a great point. No, it's a great point because you talk about the word cringe and Stallone using it, and I don't particularly even like that word, but whatever. We're old heads, so like anytime there's like a new word, but it, it explains or things. It's cringe. So I'll, I'll say cringy. Yeah, but I'll, yeah, I'll use it either way. It's an explanation. You know, you can put things however you need to put them. So I, I was somebody that was like, you know, I don't live with many regrets. Like I, I don't, you know, if if I said it then, whatever. But it is when you hear yourself in context and you're on certain platforms and see things and everything. There is things that I remember. I'm like, man, is that cringy for me? You know, but oh, yeah. but again, that goes yep. into life lessons, and that's how you learn from your mistakes. You know that that's what makes you evolve in the future, and hopefully, you can notice those things and learn from it. And and that's what's cool about like your point to this Stallone article is is him like even calling himself out on things because that's good to see. Like not everybody does that. We know that we talk about that all the time. There's certain people Some that people go to the grave. The, exactly. Yeah. Cause I was going to say they'll double and triple down, but that's, that's the best way to put it. They'll just take it to the grave because they're just not going to admit it. But that's how you grow as a person is to say, yeah, man, I don't know what I was thinking then. And, and most of the time, if it's in the right context, the right situation, people in the know will respect that, understand that. And that's how you do move on. And everybody grows and moves on from things like that. Well, you you hope so. Anyway, well, I mean, I won't say everybody. No, of course. You know what I mean? Yeah, never well, generalize. It's the same, it it's it always depends. To, it always depends. Which is weird in this day and age, coming from this person because he's been swept up in a bunch of shit too. But like Bill Murray always said that line where he's like, "Whenever you become rich and famous, you're like an asshole for a year, and you either snap out of it and you you know you're not like that anymore, or you're an asshole for, for life." Yeah. And that's, I mean, I get it. Like, you know, we all have our out of our mind moments. So it's like that shit can be forgiven. But it's kind of like, dude, have you ever had a problem with someone? And whatever the problem was, wasn't created by you, right? Dude, I'm not kidding. Go ahead. I just was thinking along these lines. Well, and and you go to them and you're like, you know what? I'm going to be the bigger person and just apologize, right? Like, I I just want this shit to end. Even though it ain't my fault, I'm just going to go fucking do it. Whatever. And you go and do it, and like their response is literally like, "Well, about fucking time," or oh, "All right, dude, whatever." Like it's like I didn't even fucking do anything wrong, and I tried to play the piece here, and this motherfucker's like, Fuck "That's what you. keeps like, things like that going." Yeah, it's but like it, we've all been through that. Like there's one like that you're like, "I'm gonna just eat shit and just be like, I'm sorry." Yeah, you know, just I move on from it. Shit. And you do it, and it's like a smack in the fucking face where you're like, that worked out worse, and I'm more angry now than I even Like, I wish I wouldn't even have been the bigger man now. Yes, I wish I would have fucking kicked him in the knee or just, I'm never talking to you again. Fuck off. Yeah. That's kind of how you feel. I'm not saying that's the way you stay feeling, but at least at the moment, you're like, motherfucker. Like, what the fuck is wrong with people? But, it, it, you know, it's, I don't know, man. It's Dude, doing the right thing doesn't always feel like you're doing the right thing 
Well, even in the moment, even later, what I, like it's sometimes it, it forever feels like shit. When you brought that up, and I was saying I was on the the same wavelength, I was definitely thinking uh, pretty close to that. But what I specifically was thinking was because I, I was just talking to somebody about this. When you have and and, and families are deal with this all the time, and close friends, of course, is like when you have a thing like you were talking about, like some sort of thing. And then it's like some time goes by and you can't remember what you were even fighting about. And that's like a known family feud thing. And that's the person I was talking about. They're like, yeah, my, my uncle didn't talk to my dad for their whole lives or whatever, you know, over. And they're like, they don't even remember what it was over kind of thing. And like, they can never like, no matter what, they just butt heads to your point. It's like our points are kind of intersecting here, but like they're, you know, whatever it is, it just keeps butting heads and it just can't happen. And my personal experience was that with that was a friend from college that I had this thing with. And and when my friend brought this, this whole thing up, I was thinking, and I, I literally could not remember what it was over. I'm like, I think it was over a parking ticket that like, I paid for them and like, you know, and I'm like, honest to God, dude, the way I am now, if I saw this dude tomorrow, hypothetically, I would just hug him. Honest to God. Cause I can't even yeah, remember. I don't give a fuck. We had great yeah, times. It was over some dumb shit and I hadn't seen him. I haven't seen him since, you know? Now, I mean, you know how that can turn real quick too. Like if you see him, you're cool. Well, it's like what you're talking about where he gets weird for money or something. (laughs) It's like, whoa, (laughs) like, bro, we just got like, I just talked to you for the first time in 20 years and now we're hanging out and you're already asking me for money. Like you're fucking weird. Yeah, it could go any number of ways. But, you know, you hopefully people don't do that. (laughs) But back back uh, to Stallone, just to kind of you know, conclude this, this whole thing and, and kind of side rant to, to, we're kind of doing like a more open forum opening, which, which we both talked about. We, we like doing now. We always want to change things. Uh, but bringing up the Stallone thing, I went to the movies recently. I actually invited you and I know how much you hate comic book movies. Oh. And I, we went to see yeah. black Adam and I figured I, I even said to you in my response text, like, yeah, it was a hell Mary. I just wanted to let you know. Cause we had talked about seeing a movie. Uh, and I know you're tied up and busy anyway. Uh, but yeah, but a couple of our friends, we went and saw Black Adam. And it's the first time I've been to a theater in a while. We went to the whole, you know, the Cine X, whatever they call it, the, the big experience, oh, yeah. Dolby, which was really cool just being back, like not being to a theater too often. Like we always talk about the alternative, like the technology now with the home theaters being so sick and it makes you lazy. But man, the, the, like that's the thing. The technology keeps the big budget people going because the, the theater experience now for some of these movies is just off the chain. And they had the preview uh, again, bringing everything full circle for Creed three and man, it uh, looks yeah. amazing. It, it really does to me, dude, not to interrupt that, but it just reminded me of that. Did you see the pictures and shit that are coming out from the Von Eric movie? Yes, dude. They it looks like they're nailing everything. It looks really shit. good. Yeah, and they just signed Dude, MJF. Did you see that? Yeah, I don't know if that's true or not, but like well, he'll probably just possibly. be like an extra wrestler, you know, like he's well, just no. starting acting. Like they I saw who he's supposed to play. Okay, I didn't catch this. Lance Von Eric, the fake von Eric. Like the remember uh, the I like, do remember I, yes. like, and that makes sense. Dude, and he has a like he could look like him. Like, because they had, I saw like side by side pictures and I'm like, yeah, he could probably pull that off. But dude, 
No bullshit. I saw a picture. I saw two pictures. I saw Efron looking fucking ripped. Yeah. I'm like, Jesus. He's Cause, bigger cause than they, fucking Kevin. TMZ, was. yeah, they interviewed Kevin. He's like, I he's like, I always kind of just wanted to be in shape for, you know, the athletic side of wrestling. I was never a bodybuilder. He's like, that kid looks like he's in great shape or something. Then a 60-some-year-old man would say, you know, it was just funny. Did you see the picture of him doing the drop kick? Yeah, that's it just kick. came out today. Yeah, it looks ridiculous. I was it like, looks just like him. Dude, it, yeah, it's it does. great. Like, dude, I'm looking forward to that shit. Oh, dude, A24 too. You know, which is like the respectable art house, like modern art house. And for me, it's super weird because A24 is doing a wrestling movie and they're doing a television series based on Friday the 13th. Yep. So we talked about that off air. Yeah, like what the fuck is going on? Like it's crazy. Because they know, you know, it's like us, dude. If we got big, I'm like, we'll we'll try to get our hands on some shit. Because again, not to be like selfish and talk about my shit, but you know what we're working on. You know, yeah. our, our production company is working on an, an old school wrestling product. So I'm like, of course, you know, <laughs> fucking Efron. Hey. I got to I got to compete with Efron now. But hey, like we said at the top of the show, hey, I'll just bring it. Hey, put it this way, the J. They're not making the Gino Hernandez movie. That's the one you need to make. Yeah, exactly. There's a lot I'm out there. Dead. Well, there's the thing not to go again, not to go into a side tangent, but there the professional wrestling genre with filmmaking is untapped. You know, we've yeah. talked about that. Like the wrestler with Mickey Rourke and Aronofsky got all this fanfare. And I was like, dude, there's going to be a slew of wrestling stuff. And there really wasn't. And Dark Side of the Ring came out, and that's a docuseries. And you know, yep. the fighting with my family came out with Paige, and that was like like kind of a you know glossy rock produced family movie, and it was good for what it was. But the, the you know if you compare it to something like the the zombie genre and horror, that there's been a million and twelve zombie movies. Like pro wrestling movies are not abundant yet, so it's like again, there's plenty of space, man. Get creative, and the cream rises to the top. You know, hopefully, we love movies and wrestling that's why i got into wrestling it's like hopefully some really good wrestling shit can come out from this but yeah that project looks really cool the iron claw dude and it's it's you know what really sucks it's a giant missed opportunity i thought even before they made the episode about it how the fuck has nobody made a movie about bruiser brody yet dude there's so like with that type of again you could do you know like you could take any dude like ultimate warrior movie like but dude um, but like the fact that no one's even bothered to do right to this point i'm like why is that just sitting there like that's the one that like you like you would really think like realistically that somebody would be like dude you never saw the bruiser brody movie yeah it's from like 1984 like it's it kind of came out. And well, what, what would like, pretty much number one be the Hulk Hogan movie? And we talked about the rumors behind that. And that still doesn't seem like it's legit. Cause they talked about Hemsworth and Hemsworth. Well, dude, he's off doing other things. Like we said that when we broke the news, like that, this wasn't concrete. It was like more rumored and it just doesn't seem like it's into fruition right now for real. You know? Well, dude, there, there are certain, like there's a lot of movies out there. Like, okay. How weird is it that Andy Kaufman, was pretty well known as a comedian, as is Jim Carrey. They made Man on the Moon, which is a drama, and it's not a funny movie at all, um, which has a lot to do with wrestling, obviously. But, like, you know, like, dude, I think that the Hogan stuff at this point, and even, like, Flair, you can't make... 
the wrestler with them. Yeah, it's almost because like the, if that was in like the like the year three thousand or so, you know, well, like because no, they're still alive no, 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 no. and all their shits no, there. What I mean is like, um, let me try and think of an example of something like this. Like, okay, like the Von Ericks, right? You make a movie about them. It's like the A twenty four produced. It, they're going for realism. It's a tragic story. Yeah, like, art house. You know, like. Exactly. Like you're trying to get a good director and like all this shit, right? But if you were making the Hulk Hogan movie, your best approach would be like to approach it like how Cobra Kai does. Like, oh. don't be, or, or like how Ronnie, you remember we were talking about Ronnie, you not too long ago on the show. Yeah, like, doing Freddie vs. Like, watch, like, look at the tone in that, or or the, the Bride of Chucky and shit like that compared to the previous Friday the 13th or the previous Child's Play movies. Like, they went a humorous route with it almost. So it's, or, or even something like Fear and Loathing. Like, that's not a dead serious movie. It's weird, it's goofy, but it's a movie about Hunter S. Thompson. You can't make that serious movie at this point about Hogan and Flair because their real lives are such a, like, the racist shit with Hogan, Flair just being a fucking wreck. Like, like it's not a good story. It's yeah, I see pathetic. what you're saying. But but that's the thing. Like Todd Phillips was attached to it, who, in my opinion, I know you're not the biggest on him, but that to me was a good I, choice. I, I I like Todd Phillips. I just don't. I'm not a big fan of the Joker. Right. That's that's yeah. And that's thing. what I remembered with us talking um, about that. But the the thing is, to your point, like he's the type of director that would do what you're saying. And the thing was. Uh, again, this was all rumored stuff that we've talked about in the past, but supposedly, you know, again, the disclaimer, like this is all rumored stuff, but to the stories was that the plot line of the Ho initial Hogan biopic was just going to be his rise into Hulkamania, which I think that's a good idea is just to stick to one slither. To your point, if you're trying to take like a whole, you know, Oscar type biopic, maybe take the example of ironically with Joaquin Phoenix with the Johnny Cash biopic where it's like the whole life thing. That's yeah. that's almost yep. like too much. Like I like the idea of them just doing a slither of the rise of, of Hulkamania where basically the movie ends with him going over Iron Sheik. You know, yeah, that would, something like that. I'd be cool with that. Dude, that'd be cool. I, I think that But who knows? Idea, who knows actually. what the fuck they're gonna do? Dude. You know how current Hollywood is too. It's like everything's just crazy. We're about to hop into our first commercial break here, like a fucking. See, this is why promotion. this is why we can't can't um, start with rants because we'll go. But, but, dude, the one thing I just thought about. Remember, they were working on that. Uh, it, uh, what's his name? Um, Bill fucking what? Uh, fucking ESPN dude, Grantland. Oh yeah, uh, that did the Andre. His, yeah, Bill. Yeah, is it Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons. Yeah. He was doing the Vince documentary. Right. And I wonder if that got all scrapped because of the shit that happened with Vince. Uh, it would be a, if, if it stayed to the point and Vince was like, fuck it, I'll talk. Man, would that be amazing? Yeah, that's the way <laughs> you to know? go. Yeah, that's, like, dude, the truth will set you free, man. You know, it really will. Dude, I saw like, You just got to be open. It reminds me of this, too. It's, this, this has to be the last thing before we take a fucking break. Uh, but dude, uh, Peacock has something with like Casey Anthony. And yeah, I just saw this. Yeah, the the monster and, mother. And dude, I've seen people being like, "Who the fuck wants to watch this?" And other people are like, "Well, you're you're the one that liked the Dahmer thing." And they're like, 
That was a fucking like that's not real. <laughs> this is the woman talking about murdering her daughter potentially. We don't know because we don't know what's in the fucking thing, and I'm probably not going to find out. Well, either. the other side of um, it too is those people saying that if if they're even knowledgeable about it and taking the time to comment on it are the ones that are going to be the first to watch it. See, that's what people I'm don't weird. see. It's like, you're, you're right. Like if I have a real problem with something, I don't even bring it up on Twitter. You wouldn't even know. I, I always say like for me, this we, we use this example all the time. I'll just say on the show and, and I respect country music, but my personal example is I was never privy to country music. There's certain country songs I like, but I just never got it. But it's always an example for me as somebody that loves all art is to say like, I just, like to our point that we're making, I just don't pay attention to it and don't care. And I respect people that like it. It's one of the biggest genres there is. Okay, I get it. I, it's just not my cup of tea. So I don't fuck with it at all. And I'm I'm even saying this yeah. now where I respect it. You know what I mean? Like people were like, oh, I'm going to go out of my way to shit on something. It's like, dude, you're taking the time to have the knowledge about it. You're taking the time to go online and spend time about it. You're like a fan of it. It's like the conundrum that is professional wrestling fans. You know, again, not the, the diatribe. <laughs> it's like the same dude, kind of thing. I had a funny situation at work today. So it's like a dude that I just met through, like, who works there uh, was just randomly talking. And he just, I'm not even going to get super into it, but he fucking said, like, he's looking forward to doing something. And it was like the nerdiest fucking shit imaginable. To the point where, like, my boss even looked at me like, you hear this shit? This like, that, yeah, that was the look that I got. But, like, dude, but here's where I'm at with it. And this goes for everybody. You can love something that I absolutely fucking despise, right? It's fine, man. You have something in this god-awful shithole of a world we right. have. I'm not going to shit makes on it. you fucking happy. I can hate it till the cows come home for me. But I'm never going to shit on you for being into that. Like, it makes you happy, bro. Yeah. Cool. Go for it. Unless you're a, a fucking nerd in real life. Ner yeah. yeah that's <laughs> I'm kidding. To you furries I'm out not. there. <laughs> no, I'm not. Fuck you. Don't listen to this shit ever. I hope you burn and fire. <laughs> go, go die in your human litter box. Yeah, I guess. I don't, whatever the whatever fuck people it is. do. I don't know. Well, they're not people. They're, they're actually animals. anyway. <laughs> we're, <Sir Parker. laughs> we we're up against our very first commercial break, and whenever we come back, we'll hopefully not be delirious, <laughs> and we're going to talk a shitload about the NFL. Don't count on it though. Uh, about the delirious, we're definitely going to talk football. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be back right after this on the What's Fucking Real podcast. What's real, everybody? It's your boy, The J, from the What's Real podcast. Here throwing out there the opportunity to advertise here on the Dub R question mark. That's right. You, yourself, whatever you're trying to sell on the interwebs or anywhere or anything, we're whores. We'll help you put it out there. Just contact us at whatsrealpod at gmail.com. That's whatsrealpod at gmail.com to advertise on the show of shows, The Pod Upon Pods today, and team up with Hate Yelp, the J, and the Wizard Behind the Boards for some sick 16K advertising. Just hit us up and we'll make a deal. Join us next week for episode 140 of the What's Real Podcast where me and the Jay go into the world of wrestling for another Tales from the Territories, this time on Polynesian Pro Wrestling.
And that is the continued, exclusive, deep, thorough coverage of the NFL regular season with more NFL football as we cover fantasy football, power rankings, and more. And on our newest segment, Friday at Midnight, this week we go back to 1979 with Dusty Nelson's effects. Ha! This is Timothy James with the What's Real Podcast, here representing Goose for Goose for episode 140, where the guys get zany as hell, talking about all kinds of crazy things, and even making up new mascots with me and my brother Herman are pissed about, stupid-ass Fat Eddie. All that and much more next week on episode 140 of the What's Real Podcast. And we're back, and it is time to get into some NFL talk. First up this week, of course, is fantasy football. The Jay, you got two teams, brother. How'd you do? Start us off. All right, hey, yeah. So anybody that's into fantasy will know this week when I say this, I had one certain individual on one of my two teams. <laughs> we're starting there, and that man was Joe Mixon, and that team was the Blue Dragons. So, of course, he carried me to a victory and and i'm sorry i'm already fucking up hey ed it's it's the the greatly named how can i mess that up purple-headed warriors actually that had joe mixon but uh, again if anybody is uh in the know joe mixon had one of the literal best fantasy weeks of all time i think they were comparing him to uh i could be wrong like priest holmes or something yeah. from back in the day. Yep. Like it was ridiculous. He had four rushing touchdowns, a receiving touchdown, and 153 rush yards. So I got 55.10 points in the league that I'm in scoring alone from Joe Mixon. And he single handedly carried me to victory because honest to God, had without that performance, I would have most likely lost. I was playing the number two team in the league and I'm, I'm nice. in fifth place. So I'm now three and six. But, you know, and I know your league's all over the place. You're, you're a little bit different with your 14 teams in your league. I, I have my two leagues are, are 10 teams each. But nonetheless, I'm right in the middle still of really thinking I was struggling this year because of where everybody's at. There's only a couple really good teams and everybody else in the middle of the pack. So in both leagues, the Jays still has a chance through, through the struggles. Right now, I'm, again, I'm three and six and in fifth place, but... I, I got to keep going. Hey, Ed, it's fantasy football. You never know. But the J1, 135.40 to 105.70. Shout out to our mutual friend, Tackley, that I defeated. But I will indefinitely take that. Thank you, Joe Mixon, for sure. All right. Not too bad there, the J. So I was playing one of the worst teams in the league. Um, so naturally, I figured it would be an uphill battle. And of it course, was, yes. uh, because I only had four players in double digits. The Minnesota defense got me just over 10 points. Noah Fant, who I just picked up, got me 12 points. That was like I hawkeyed that one because I'm like, dude, the, the Seahawks throw to their tight end. I'm definitely picking this dude up. Um, of course, Lazard got me 16 points because he's the only dude on the fucking Green Bay Packers doing any goddamn thing. And of course, Jalen Hurts, my MVP, got me 25 points. I scored 95.44 points, and I won. <laughs> they scored 93.34 points. So I got super lucky this week, thankfully. I'm 6-3 and three on the season, and I'm in third place. But technically, I'm tied. I'm in a three-way tie for second place. 
Wow. So not too bad. Um, I'm hanging in there. But, dude, it's the same way. It's like the the number one team is 7-2. and two, Then there's three 6-3 and three teams. Then there's one, two, three, four, five, five, five and four teams, three, four and five teams, a one and eight team, and our buddy Steve, who's zero and nine. <laughs> Poor Steve, <laughs> I've been there, Steve. Trust me. I, I, I said I had the podcast woes since starting the podcast and covering fantasy. This being our third year, the Jays really struggled more than I have in the past. So I feel your hurt, Steve. But bringing up my other team, hey Ed, now correctly talking about the Blue Dragons, uh, right for what you're talking about. I lost a game I really needed to win because I was 500. I was four and four going into the week. I lost to the, uh, again, I played uh, both in both leagues, the second place teams. I went, uh, I lost 146.50 to 135. So I put up a fight. It was one of those things, man. It's like, man, if one of those guys had a better game and, and don't we all, all say that in fantasy, true, but yeah. nonetheless, <laughs> man, there was just a few guys and I'm like, man, like just killing me. Uh, you know, for for a little over a ten point differential, it is what it is. So I'm four and five, and in sixth place out of ten. But again, in the middle of the pack, you know, there's a couple teams that are, uh, you know, have like the seven and two records, and other than that, everybody's kind of four and five, you know, five and six. That's that sort of thing. So uh, it's pretty pretty tight and pretty close there. A uh, huge week once again. My MVP, Tyreek Hill. Almost 30 points again, dude. He's a beast. I, I do have some monsters. And and guess who I am promoting moving forward? Hey, Ed. Who's that? Tagliavoa. I have Tagliavoa on the bench over Joe who Burrow. Who start? Joe Burrow. Yeah, dude, I probably would have been starting to it anyway. Tell me about it. But, but well, dude, he was hurt because I was thinking about I, it, and then he got hurt and came back from the concussion. Dude, but him and Tyreek Hill on the same team, come on the J, you know? I'll be I'll be honest though, dude. You might want to like go week to week on that because like Burrow does. Yeah, I gotta. Yeah, I mean, that's what you have to do. That's fantasy. The, the the like you mentioned, the dude that, that or, is in your league that <laughs> wins it a lot. It, it it happens for a reason. It's fantasy football. You know, you're just a manager, so he obviously knows what he's doing if he's constantly winning, and that's how how you get ahead of the competition. I, I was talking to a buddy of mine. I'm like, that's that's what the years that I won. I'm not doing the same thing. I'm not switching guys out. I'm not jumping on guys like I used to. Like I was really into it and I still am yep. obviously, but I'm just not taking it to that next level. And I, I have to do that moving forward, you know, but we'll see again. I that's do, fantasy for you. I try and open the app up every day and look at it. Like even if I'm just doing it for like a couple right. minutes, yeah. like I always try and be mindful and see what other people are doing. Cause do you never know? Like, dude, this happens to me all the time. Like, somebody will drop a dude, and I immediately yeah, pick them up. Yeah, because I'm like, I need you got to jump on. That's it. fine. Um, but dude, I was gonna say too. This is weird, but like, and it's funny because I, so the dude who won my league last year won it solely off the back of Jalen Hurts and what he was doing, right? So I told you I went into the season with the idea of like getting multi-tooled players. That's why I have like Alvin Kamara. That's why I have Debo Samuel, and obviously that's why I wanted Jalen Hurts. Dude, people were blown away when I picked him because he was one of the first quarterbacks off the fucking rip because Mahomes went first round. But they were like, wow, I can't believe somebody, like I heard somebody like, wow, I can't believe somebody already picked Jalen Hurts. And I'm like, you're about to find out, dude, because yeah, this dude's you literally, know. Will, he'll throw for 150 yards in a game and somehow still score 40 MVP candidate. Ran for, yeah, like ran for 120 yards, had four touchdowns, one passing, three rushing. Like he gets the numbers. So... 
Uh, and he's, dude, he's my MVP this year. Bar, like, it doesn't even matter what happens this point moving forward. I won six games just because of him. And, dude, like you were even saying, like, you need two good quarterbacks type of thing. I drafted Russell Wilson. That went to shit. I picked up Marcus Mariota, who I needed to play one game, and he actually played well for me that game. So a lot of it comes down to luck, too, because of course. that bye week, man, sometimes you need to have a good quarterback in there or just a good weekly performance from somebody. But it's weird because, like I said last week, I fucking lost my highest scoring total of the year. This week was my worst scoring total, and I won. So I feel like that team that like never blows anybody out, but they always get the hard wins. Those are so like that, those, that's the, the both championships that I won. That's what happened. Like so, I, there you, you know, go. People, I, you know, all the goose were talking shit. Like your team's ass. I'm like, dude, it's fantasy fucking football. Like, I, I beat you. So let's just shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's a, dude. Anytime somebody says that to me, if they like, if I beat them, like I don't know, why I lost you. Your team's ass. I'm like, well, you lost. To me. <laughs> yeah, so what's that say about your fucking team, bro? Yeah. And and that's that's the ebbs and flows of fantasy football too. You can blow up more than you ever had all year, and the dude that you're playing beats you by a few points and is the most in the league. Like you would have beat anybody else in the league that week. But to your point with the luck of it and who you're playing, that that's how it Dude, is. That's that's gambling or, too. Or the worst is like when you're playing one of the worst teams in the league and like and they one blow of up. dudes just yeah. fucking blows. That's up. how Techly like, feels because because of Joe like, Mixon. <laughs> yeah, it's like how the fuck did you beat me? Like Mixon had Mixon, fifty-seven yeah. points. He had the second highest points in fantasy football history, Dude, literally. <laughs> so let, I, I want to get your opinion on something here. This is just a random thing with my league, but it's kind of unique, and I've never seen anybody really do this. But the the dude who's my commissioner, right? Listen to his team, okay? I'm not going to name everybody on his team, but this was his starting lineup last week. Patrick Mahomes, uh, Juju, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and he has, you know, a bunch of random other players. But And the dude's doing really well. He's 5-4 and four on the season, but he scores a shitload of points. And the dude was basically like, I'm just going to draft the Chiefs. Yeah, seriously. That's not a bad idea. Like, oh, so you live I, I mean, by that or die by that? Because that's you, you can't you can't do it every year. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's not always a team like that. But like, yeah, it's like, dude, fucking, that's not a terrible idea. You know what I no, mean? That's like, my somehow, my one team. Hey, Ed, I have uh, Jalen Hurts and AJ Brown, and then the other league. I'm like I said, I'm going to start Tagliavoa, and I have Tyreek Hill. So it's like if those two tandems blow up together then you're competing. Yeah, no matter what. Like if you're getting 30 points each from two guys, you're going to it's going to yeah, be you're going to be bumped to beat your team. Yep. Unless everybody else just Cuz everybody them. has those guys in the middle that you know if they have an off week, they get the hurt whatever. Yeah. The, yeah. Yep. It just is what it is. I mean, it's it's a fucking crapshoot, but it's but it's always interesting. I'll say that much. So uh, but yeah, let's move right along. We're going to do things a little bit differently this week obviously cuz there's no Steeler game. So let's just get into our predictions uh, from last week and see how we fared. Uh, so first up from last week, uh, this is, of course, week nine. Uh, first game was the Eagles taking on the Texans. Me and the Jay both picked the Eagles, and we were right. Yes, sir. They won 29-17 against the Texans. Uh, next up is the Chargers at the Falcons. The Chargers would win 20-17, and I believe we split on that one, the Jay. Yes, we did. I had the Chargers, so I got that one. Hey, 
Next is the Dolphins at Bears. The Dolphins barely won 35-32, to and I believe we both got that one correct. Yep. Another one we both got correct, the Bengals beating the pants off the Panthers 42-21 to in a game that wasn't even that close. Yes, sir. Next one, I don't. I think you picked against me on this one, the Jay, but I picked the upset. The two and six Lions you did. beating the Packers fifteen to nine because I told you, man, that I well I didn't expect it to be fifteen to nine. I'll tell you that much. But the Lions have a really good offense, and I just didn't think the Packers would be able to keep up with them. And clearly, I was right because they lost fifteen to nine. Yeah, Rodgers is struggling, dude. It's a wrap for him. He's done. It looks like it. Unless he go. Unless he goes somewhere else. That's the only way I can see yeah, something working. Yeah, to the jungle to do DMT. Yeah, he's a fucking weirdo. Uh, next up, we have the biggest blowout of the weekend. The Patriots beat the Colts 26-3, to and we both called that one, I believe. Yep. Yeah, we did good this week, KO. Uh, next one, we both got wrong. Uh, the Jets <laughs> as as beat the Bills 20-17. to And, dude, I'll be honest with you. I wish I would have picked this one, not just because. Yeah, because right, the Jets like, seem to have I the Bills number. And dude, they they're playing at home. Yeah, they just he, and that, the coach loss. wanted it. The Jets coach. Yep, he was going time. for fourth and, downs and shit. And dude, I don't know if you saw this or not, but uh, Josh Allen has an elbow injury. Yeah, I did. And yeah. and dude, the Jets might have just given everybody the fucking playbook on how to beat them. And Allen is hurt, so like we might see some very interesting shit happen at the top of the AFC here. Because, uh, dude, if, if Allen's done, it's a wrap on their season. I don't care what happens. But if he misses a large portion of the season or something like that, that's going to be really bad for them. Yeah, we shall see. Next up was another close game. The Vikings just squeaked out against the Commanders 20-17, to and I believe we both called that one right. Yep. Uh, next one, I don't know if we both called this one or we split. The Jags beating the Raiders at home 27-20. to Yeah, we called it. All, all the rest, we we picked the same. Okay. Uh, Seahawks beat the Cardinals 31-21. The Buccaneers beat the Rams 16-13. Lost I that. picked that one. Yeah, I definitely picked that one wrong. Uh, the Chiefs beat the Titans 20-17. We got that one right. And the Ravens beating the Saints 27-13. Uh, so how do we do this week, the Jay, and how we do in this season? Yeah, like I said, we did pretty good. We're, we were both 10-3 and three each this week, even with splitting uh, a game each, you know. So we came out even 10-3. So the J overall so far in the 2022 NFL season is 66 and 57. Hey, yeah, a very formidable prediction king here. The Prince of Predictions will call you 74 right. to 449. So 74 and 49, hey, really good record. All right. Yeah, if I can get another 10 and 3 week or something yeah, close dude, to that, you're it'll gonna be looking bumping. really good. So all right, so that is now it's time to get into our weekly power rankings, one of my favorite portions uh, on the show. What's real NFL power rankings? This is where me and the J call out the worst to first of the NFL. Uh, so let's do it after week nine. The J start us out this week. Who you got at 32? All right, I'm starting off with the tradition. Hey, yeah, with the shout outs and goofiness of the What's World podcast. And this is a second consecutive week in a row just to do a simple for Texas. I have the Houston Texans consecutively uh, two weeks in a row here as number 32. And can I get another one of those, the Jay? Yeah! Because I have the Texans at 32 as well. So who do you got this week at 31? <laughs> Our boy, Sir Purr, hey, yeah, the Carolina Panthers. 
Not me, but I'm going to piggyback. At 31, dude, and this has more to do with the fact it this it's because of the talent that the team has and where they're at and how they're playing. Dude, I have the Raiders at 31 because Josh McDaniels should already be fired. Um, they got the best receiver in the game and their offense is weird. It, what a fucking mess. Because, you know, like we both talked about this before the season started. We thought the Raiders were going to be decent. Uh, but I have them at 31 this week, and I have the Panthers at 30. All right. I'll, I'll piggyback. Uh, just catch up to me. Hey, you know, just since the flow of the What's Real podcast power rankings here. So uh, going for the Panthers at 31, I have the Lions at 30 and the Raiders at 29. Dude, at 29 this week, the bye week was not kind to them. That's where I have our hometown Pittsburgh Steelers at 29. Again, right week. right behind you, that's where I have 28, just to throw it out there. Hey, the Steelers. And I have the Lions at 28 this okay. week. Again, same clump. Who you got at 27, the J? The team that just switched their head coach to a individual that has been on the broadcast teams and never coached a game in his life, <laughs> the Colts. Not, not in pro or college. <laughs> not in pro so. or college, yes. But uh, I have a feeling that I'm going to be saying this very soon, too. I have the Jags this week at 27. Right behind the you. Colts are, the Colts are at 26. All right, yeah. So, again, we're just staying a little bit switched here. I have the Jags at 26. Uh, 25 this week, I have the Denver Broncos. All right, they're coming up for me, but not yet. I have the Cardinals dropping heavily with their woes. And I have them at 24. That's where I have the pre-for-mentioned three and six Packers. I have them at 23. And uh, 23, even with a formidable performance, they're letting Justin Fields cook a little bit, but I still have the Bears, uh, ironically, with their Chicago icon, 23. All right, so I'm going to piggyback at 22 this week is where I have the New Orleans Saints, and at 21, that's where I have the Bears. All right, this is the 22 is where I put the Broncos. I put the Browns uh, off of their bye week at 21. And just to piggyback, hey, Ed, you could catch up. I have the Saints since you mentioned them at 20. All right, 20 is where I have the Los Angeles Rams. All right, 19, I have the Commanders, and you could take the lead, hey, yo. And that's where I have the Browns at 19. And at 18 is where I have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Okay, and a, a big fall here. The Bucks are coming up for me. Not quite yet. Big fall, though, from the defending NFL champions. At 18, halfway through the season, roughly, is the Los Angeles Rams for the J. At 17 this week, that's where I have the Washington Commanders. All right, that's where I put the Falcons. And I have them at 16. All right, that's where I put the Bucks. And at 15 this week is where I have the New England Patriots. All right, I'll piggyback yet to get us flowing. The uh, Chargers are who I have at 15 with the Pats at 14. And I have the Chargers at 14. And at 13 swap. is where I have the, the San Francisco 49ers. All right, yeah, we're, we're close to this whole you – know, we talked about this. The more the season goes with the records and everything, it, it gets tighter. We're, we're pretty fluid here. I have the Bengals at 13, the 49ers at 12. And I have the Bengals at 12. And at number 11, just missing out on the top 10. And, dude, this is crazy because they had a pretty good showing for the most part this weekend. That's where I have the Tennessee Titans at 11. Yeah, I gave them a little bit of a bump because uh, I was thinking about the top 10 pretty heavily this week as well. I have the Seahawks at 11. 
At 10 this week, the Jay, this is where I have the Miami Dolphins. All right, top 10. I have the Dolphins a little bit higher than you. At 10 coming off their bye week, I have the G-Men, the Giants. Okay, now we're getting into some discrepancies, but that's all good. Uh, this week at number nine is where I have the, our AFC North rival, Baltimore Ravens. All right, that's where I put the Titans. At eight this week, the Jay, that's where I have the Seattle Seahawks. Right, that's where I put the Jets. And that's who I have at number seven. That's where I put the Ravens. Staying in New York for number six, the Jay, that's where I have the Giants. This All right, week. That, yeah, it was a bit of a discrepancy. You have the Giants uh, higher. I have the Dolphins higher. I have the Dolphins at six still. All right, now the top five. Here we go. Number five this week is the Dallas Cowboys. Wow, through all this, our first great minder. No, second, because the Texans. Oh, good at thirty-two. Point. Yeah, I forgot about the, <laughs> I forget about the butthole of the NFL. But good point. Four horsemen. This was hand. very. This was very close for me. But I'm going to put the Kansas City Chiefs still at number four. All right. Yeah, this was a tight one. I, I bumped them up a little more to, to piggyback just to do it. I had the Chiefs at three. I put the Vikings at four. All right. Here's my top three, the J. At number three, the Buffalo Bills. At number two, the Minnesota Vikings. And still in at number one, the Philadelphia Eagles. All right. Yep. My top four is the Vikings, Chiefs, two. I dropped the Bills as well. Undefeated Eagles. Got to be number one, man. All right, so uh, now let's get into next week's predictions, of course, for week 10. Uh, let's see here, the J, how we can do this week. Like I said, maybe we can uh, improve those records a little bit more. Uh, first up is our hometown Pittsburgh Steelers coming out of the bye week, playing the Saints on a short week, the J. Might be one of the last few times I do it this year, but I think the Steelers beat them. <laughs> I kind of got to stick to the Steelers. With this one, yeah, I'm with you. Next up is the Atlanta Falcons playing the Carolina Panthers. Yep, that's Thursday night football. This would have happened when we drop. Let's see how we predicted. Hey, yeah, I'm going with the Panthers. I'm sorry, I'm going with the Falcons in this one. I just don't have no faith in the Panthers. Great minder. I'm picking the same way with the Falcons. Uh, next up, we have the Seattle Seahawks going into Tampa to play the Buccaneers. And the Jay, the Seahawks will win this game. You know what? I think this is the uh, Sunday morning game in Munich, Germany. Oh, that is, you're right. I so, missed that. I'm an idiot. <laughs> no, no problem. I, I just think that with Brady's woes and traveling to Germany, <laughs> I'm going to pick the Seahawks yep. because of yep. that. I agree with you. No <laughs> doubt about it. This might be the marquee matchup of the weekend here. The 7-1 Minnesota Vikings go to Buffalo to play the 6-2 Bills. Oh, is this a game? Man, with the the Bills Mafia behind, but Josh Allen, like you said, being kind of shaken up. The Vikings looking really good. Oh, it's going to be tight. I don't think you could go wrong either way as far as predictions go. Hey, Ed, I'm going to stick with the Bills at home. I'm going to go with Minnesota. All right, that's a good I split. Think, uh, Josh Allen's banged up, yep. and I think the Vikings are rolling, man. Kurt, they are. Dude, Kurt Cousins has a legitimate shot at the MVP right now. That's crazy to think, but it's true. Dude, not to diatribe, did you see Adam Schefter dress up like a... I did. <laughs> yep. That yep. That's the most personality I've seen Kirk Cousins have in his 15-year fucking <laughs> yeah. career was this year. He's like, I'm um, going to go into Ryan Fitzpatrick's playbook and 
try to get some sort of personality going here. Look, I got something going for. Meanwhile, he's made more money than any quarterback. Well, that's what they said. Era. If he wins the Super Bowl, he's going to be looking like Xerxes from 300. He's <laughs> <laughs> dying. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good comparison. Oh, hilarious. Uh, Next up, we have the two and six Lions going to Chicago to play the Bears and the Jay. I think the Bears are going to beat them. All right, I'm going to go with the Lions in this one. We have the Broncos at three and five going into Tennessee to play the Titans. The Jay. Titans. Same. I agree there. Next up is the Jags going into Kansas City to play the Chiefs, and the Chiefs will roll in this one. Yeah, sticking with Mahomes. The Browns go to Miami to play the Dolphins. Sticking with the Dolphins. Hey, yeah. Same here. Uh, Texans going to New York to play the Giants, and the G-Men will roll. Oh, yeah. Uh, next up is the aforementioned Colts with their weird head coach that's been an analyst for years and no offensive coordinator playing the uh, Las Struggling Vegas Raiders, Raiders in Las Vegas. Uh, what do you think here, the J? Fuck it. Let's go Saturday. <laughs> let's, let's go with the Colts just to, just to do it. And fuck it is right. I'm going with the Raiders because I don't think the Colts have their shit together and their quarterback's fucking garbage. So good luck there. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm picking the Raiders. Uh, the 6-2 and two Cowboys go into Green Bay to play the Packers, and I think the Cowboys beat them. Yeah, the Packers was continue. I go with the Cowboys as well. The 3-6 and six Cardinals go to Los Angeles to play the Rams at 3-5. and five. I'm sticking with the Rams at home. Me too. I agree completely there. Uh, the five and three Chargers go to San Francisco to play the Niners, and I think it's going to be a gold rush. The J, the 49ers win. Yes, yeah, it's, it's going to be a tight one. I'm, I'm going to stick with the 49ers in this, though. And the Monday night football game this week as the Eagles at home uh, hosting the Commanders. Yeah, this could be one of those sniffing up the, the upset with the, the Commanders kind of stepping up slightly. Henneke, you know me, man. I always liked, or is it Heineke? <laughs> you know, an ice cold Heineke. <laughs> yeah, I always liked Heineke. So, but I'm not. I'm not going to call the upset. I'm thinking the Eagles keep their winning streak going. <laughs> you just did the Lee Corso. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, Look, I'll tell you what. I, I, I like took the off the head hand. I t- took off the Heineke t- head. Tyler Heineke. I put on the Eagle head. Their defense. Chase Young's coming back. The defense is going to be banging. And it ain't going to be enough because the Eagles are still going to beat them. I agree with you, the Jays. Because I was like thinking out loud about an upset. And I'm like, no, I'm sick with the Eagles. (laughs) And in case you guys missed it, that does mean that the Ravens, the Bengals, the Patriots, and the Jets are all on a bye week. So that is our power rankings. And we've already done our predictions. So now it is time to go to the What's Real podcast mid-season awards here for the NFL. We do tend to do this at some point during the season every year. So. Let's just get into it, the Jay. Uh, let's first talk about some teams here. Uh, give me three legit contenders uh, to win a Super Bowl from the first half of the season, in your opinion. Yeah, so this has been a, a really unique year for the NFL, as a, as a lot of seasons are. And, and we talked about that. I mean, you're coming a couple years ago from the, the pandemic, in quotes, season with, with no live audiences and things like that. The really weird year. And then last year being the first year since then and, and being a really strong year last year. And this year has been really weird, which which goes into kind of breaking down the, the midseason. But obviously off the bat with that question, hey, Ed, uh, you have to go with the the team that's 8-0 and in the NFL, uh, just being uh, having a game-changing offense this year with that combination of Jalen Hurts and his 
uh, connection with AJ Brown. Really strong defense. I mean, you, you know, you can't deny the balance that, that you really need for an NFL to compete, an NFL team to compete the way they are as the Eagles with with the balance they have. But eight no really stands out. You got to call that out first and foremost with the Eagles. And then I'm sticking in there with the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, you might think different about that one, uh, especially them coming off an overtime uh, victory. However, you know, the Titans taking them to the end, but the Titans always kind of do that. We know that as Steeler fans, you always have certain teams that, that are going to take you no matter what kind of position they're in during the season. They, they like the whole kind of cliche, they play you like you're their Super Bowl and things like that mid season. Yep. Uh, all that said, I still think the Chiefs are strong. So I'm going Eagles, Chiefs. And then I would be remiss. It's really tough. With, with three teams, I would be remiss. We, we talked about their possible woes, Josh Allen being shaken up. But where we're at now, breaking it down midseason, I'm going Bills. I'm kind of going with my power rankings, obviously. Uh, for, for your question here, the, the top three contenders in the Jays' mind are the Eagles, Bills, and Chiefs. Okay. Uh, I agree specifically with two of them, um, the Eagles and, of course, the Bills. I, I agree wholeheartedly with. Now, the last one I struggled with because it's it's a matchup for me between the Vikings and the Chiefs. Yeah, the Vikings were so, my, my bubble team. I would agree with you on the Chiefs wholeheartedly, but they do have a different offensive look this year, right? They, they don't have Tyreek Hill anymore. Um, they seem like they're actually having a difficult time trying to feed the ball to Travis Kelsey at certain points in the game. Like, he's still the best tight end in the league. But it's just they, there's a dependence on him now that they have to focus on because someone has to get those balls, right? Um, and the Vikings are balling. Like, offensively, they look really good. They have potentially the best receiver in football in Justin Jefferson. They have a really good running attack with Dalvin Cook. Um, and their defense is solid. Like, they have a rock-solid defense. But, dude, I'll just be honest with you. You know what the decision-maker here is for me? What's that? The quarterbacks. Yeah. I can't and I know and I just said that Kirk Cousins is an MVP candidate this year. But there is no fucking world that I've ever lived in or most likely ever will live in where I'd bet money on Kirk Cousins over Patrick Mahomes. So I do agree with you. I'm going to go with the Chiefs as my third team. So uh, I'm springing this one on you the Jay, so I'll, I'll let you answer this after me. Spring it. Uh, comeback comeback player of the year. Um, I think this one's easy. Um, I'm going to go with Geno Smith. Uh, nobody thought the dude could be a quarterback, and he's balling out. He's having a better season than Russell Wilson is as the quarterback for the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, you know me. Hey, I'm a Penn State alum. Who do you think I'm going to go for for comeback player of the year? Saquon Barkley. I had him in fantasy. Figures the year that I don't have him in fantasy. The one difference he has stayed healthy and knock on wood, yep. but I think he's helping the Giants become the contender that they currently are. And Saquon Barkley would be my comeback player of the year, the way he's looking. All right. So now we move on to defensive player of the year, the J. Uh, who do you have as your first half defensive player of the year? Who, I mean, I just everything that's going on at the end of the day, I would have to go with Mika Parsons. Same. Yeah, that's it. There was the way he's playing. There's all, of course, there. there's always guys, but, you know, calling off the top, man. He's been a game wrecker, so that's that's one of the big reasons for me why, why I picked him. He's been the linchpin for their defense this year, which has been really good. So, 
the Jay, who is your offensive player of the year? Oh, is that one tough? Uh, could go any number of ways. All these quarterbacks you can easily pick, you know, that are involved in the MVP race. But that's how I'm going to differentiate things. And again, man, you have your own perspectives on the NFL watching and, and who you have and everything like that with fantasy and things like that. So I'll, I'll completely be transparent here on the show. That has to do with my decision here. But having Tyreek Hill on my fantasy team and where the Dolphins are now, even with uh, you know everything going down with Tua being out with the concussion controversy and everything else, Tyreek made that you know, jump from, from KC and the high powered KC team and in a Super Bowl contender to the Dolphins. And I feel like he's been the biggest difference. So that, that makes my decision to say Tyreek Hill. Well, let me ask you a question here just to see what your vibe is here for me. Um, true or false? Do you think I picked Tyreek Hill too or no? No, the way you said that, I know you too well. I did. Because I, <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was surprised when you picked him. That's funny. Honest, yeah, that's why I dude, thought I, that. I'm, I'm like, just, there's no way you picked him. Because I'm not picking a quarterback for like that's maybe somebody like a Jalen Hurts would be a good example of that because he does run the ball. Or like if you saw Justin Fields' performance from this past weekend, like if he was doing that throughout the season, an offensive player of the year thing might get mentioned. Well, and, and like you said, dude, G- had 172 yards rushing. Geno Smith completely turning around anybody's thoughts on the Seahawks this year, you know, something like that. All right. Now we go to MVP, the J. Take it away. Who do you have as yeah, your MVP see. this year? This is the tough one, but I, you know, again, instead of overthinking, that's that's kind of how the J thinks about this, and it's like I'm not going to overthink. I'm going to say an eight no team, who's their leader? I go with Jalen Hurts. Okay, now I have a question for you before I tell you who mine is, the J. Um, so if you said a guy at this point in the season had six wins. Would you say that he would be in the running for the MVP? Yes. And what if that guy was fifth in the NFL in passing? Sure. Top five. My MVP for this first half of the season, the J, is Geno Smith. Yeah, there you go. I kind of, I, I kind of, that's why it's worth not talking beforehand because I know. can't believe that I picked him. Like, I, dude, I think Jalen Hurts has a really good, you know, but like, dude, I think the Eagles have a really good team. That's I do. That's a good way of thinking, Gina. Like as far as an MVP, I, you know, Gina Smith leading this team that nobody thought was going to be where they're at. Now let me ask you this question: If you put Drew Luck in there as the quarterback, he's their backup. He was the guy that was supposed to come there and start. They got him in the Russell Wilson trade. Right. Do you think they would be six and three right now? Nope. I don't either. And I'm really shocked at the season Geno Smith's having. I hope the dude plays good enough for me to have him as the MVP at the end of the season. Um, and I didn't pick it to be strange or different or anything because I no, didn't it's think, a great. I thought you know, of it. I pondered it. That's I, what I was saying, dude. I, He's you know leading a team that you don't expect to be where they're at. He leads the league in the most accuracy related stats. And dude, let me let me give you something else here. So for this, a lot of this time, like if you would ask me this two weeks ago, do you know who I would have picked? Uh, trying to think maybe Josh Allen before he's kind of, even if he's shaking up, I mean, Josh Allen. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now I looked something up. Do you know who the, who has the, the player with the, that leads the NFL in interceptions this season has nine. Okay. And I'm sure, you know, just Pick like it. I did that 
Kenny Pickett has eight. Okay, so somebody has more than him. I didn't. I, I thought it was Pickett. So there you go. Guess who's tied with Pickett at eight? No idea. Allen. Jo- Josh Allen. Wow. That's the. I'm like. Yeah, he I didn't realize that. Yeah. He had, he he's had slinging. Nine, he has nineteen. He has nineteen fucking touchdowns. Right. Okay. Yeah, he's slinging. But dude, now here's a weird one because I was trying to figure this stuff out and I was looking at some stats. Do you know who leads the NFL in passing right now? Yards. Yes. Who? Not offhand, and it's not in front of me. I'm not cheating. Don't know how. Brady. There you go. That's fucking crazy. That is. And he's having a shit season, yeah. too. A lot of it's garbage yards and shit like that. That's why stats aren't always the end-all, be-all. We always say and that. And nobody is cleared ahead. Nobody. They're all close. Yeah. So it's like Geno Smith can end up being two or one at the end of the season if he keeps playing like this. Yep. So, but yeah, I thought that would be interesting to do that. So I'm definitely glad we got a chance to, to run those down. But we are up against another commercial break. And whenever me and the Jay come back, we're going into the world of wrestling, specifically Canadian wrestling, as Tales from the Territories has their Stampede Wrestling episode. So stay tuned, everybody. We'll be back right after this, right here on the What's Real Podcast. Step right up. Friday's at midnight here. We got all the finest women in the world. We got all the kind of craziest stuff you've ever seen. Hey, buddy, what about you? Why don't you come on into Friday's at midnight and see what the world beholds? Hey, what kind of wares do you have? What kind of place is this? This looks pretty unique. Tracy, you want to check this out? You like hot women? You like crazy people? What about murder? We got that too. Cartoon characters, stupidity, just about everything you guys want to see. Come on in. Just a small fee, if you will. Sorry, Tracy. I love all these things. I'm leaving you. You stay here. Here it is, sir. All right. Head on in. All right, Fridays at midnight, everybody. What's Real Podcast. Join us next week for one of the craziest movie segments in podcasting. Fridays at midnight. And we're back, and it is time to get into some tales from the territories this week, Stampede Wrestling. For those of you who do not know, uh, Stampede Wrestling was a Canadian territory specifically ran by the Hart family. Uh, The father, Stu Hart, began the territory. Uh, You probably know his sons, Brett and Owen Hart, if you watch wrestling at any point over the last 25 years. Um, And during the, uh, they do the roundtables on these shows. They had a really good group here. Yeah, this this definitely rivals the Memphis one. uh, Agreed. Uh, No class Bobby Bass. Abdullah the Butcher, Dr. D. David Schultz, and Bret Hart were the guests on this one. And I know we've been kind of complaining the last couple weeks, saying that like the show's kind of losing its luster a little bit. But dude, it's funny how timing works because no joke, this one reminded me of why the show's good again. (laughs) And believe it or not, dude, this was my favorite episode so far. I like this one a lot. When when you have the the round table we're talking about, all right, you have Bret Hart off the bat, okay? You have Bobby yep. Bobby Bass that, that adds to into it. Then you have Doctor D, who's always just ridiculous because it's fucking Doctor D, and he had me die. He's great. And then I love Doctor D. How is the irony of professional wrestling, which something like this with the whole kayfabe line, you know, broken through and everything else that that us you know students of the game know. Were as crazy of a character 
that he was a legend of and bleeding all over the place in the crazy matches, Abdullah the Butcher is just so laid back and soft-spoken. And the other two guys that are that are in this you know, same realm are Sabu and Mick Foley. Like, how weird is that? The, the three probably craziest guys, or say three of the craziest guys character-wise in professional wrestling, the shit that they do, their characters, Abdullah the Butcher, Sabu, and Mick Foley, that was, of course, Cactus Jack and Mankind and everything else that those three guys did, and and, and even throw Terry Funk in that mix. When you see them yeah. in real life, like how cool they are, it's just so it's just so crazy to me, even to this day, knowing that. And and that just stood out to Abdullah the Butcher because I've seen some things like shoot interviews and stuff, so I knew how his non pro wrestling persona was. But uh, you know, I just wanted to say that at the outset, it, that really stood out seeing Abdullah the Butcher on here, where he's just a complete laid back, chill guy, like cutting up with Bret Hart. And meanwhile, like Dude. anybody that knows and have seen his footage, he's He's fucking called Abdullah the Butcher, for Christ's sake. I was taken back up by Abdullah too, but I think for a different reason. So if you've seen Abdullah on a lot of stuff, just like I have through the years, he's a fucking carny. It's all about money. He understands the, like we, as far as his business acumen. Before, yeah. It well, when it comes to pro wrestling, there's an adage in the olden days. It's like, if you're doing this for any other reason, other than money, you're a fucking Mark period. And that's what Abdullah is to me. He's always been that way. This is a dude that if you ever met him anywhere, he ain't giving you nothing for fucking nothing. 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 You will pay him for something, no matter what. So seeing him on here in a much different light than that, where he's he's more of the type of like the fuck the promoter, hold the promoter up type guy. But he's talking level of respect that he had for Stu Hart how they never had a business disagreement ever, how he was always paid what he was owed, things like that. Um, but seeing him get emotional talking right, about that's, Stu Hart. Yeah, that's what I That's thinking. a side that I've, dude, I've seen a lot of shit with Abdullah the Butcher and you were talking about like his kayfabe character of like one of the most insane fucking wrestlers of all. I remember when he was still that fucking dude. Like when I didn't, the madman from the Sudan. Right, Bret Hart talks what, about that when he was a kid. He's like, dude, he literally dude, scared the fuck out of me. And and dude, he's one of those guys too that supersedes shit. Like, um, yeah, you hear about he him like Sabu and then well, you see him, you're like, holy shit. Well, not just that, but like this is a dude that wrestled in Puerto Rico when it was fucking dangerous there. And he was a heel and he didn't get fucked up. Like yeah, he, he survived. People that. were afraid of this dude. He were he worked in some of the murkiest, shittiest fucking places that have ever existed in wrestling. So he's kind of like a guy that does filter over to that dark side of wrestling area, and you know, the blood and guts side of wrestling, where like you know, fucking less than scrupulous promoters would pay him to come in and bleed all over the fucking place. Um, Abdullah doesn't have the best reputation because he's actually given people hepatitis, unfortunately, uh, through the bleeding and stuff. Um, but seeing him on here in a completely different light um, was something. Yeah, it was something that I wasn't expecting, and it really took me back. I've never seen Abdullah be that personable or that emotionally invested in anything that he's talking about non-kayfabe ever. I think that's why uh, that's a, one of the first things I mentioned, too. So I completely agree. And dude, and 
I've always known that Dr. D was fucking awesome. Like, I love old Dr. D shit. Promos <laughs> he's are great he's hilarious. I love the fact that Dark Side of the Ring has given him kind of a resurgence yeah. in doing stuff like this. Because, dude, he's a fucking guy that was around. Like, he was, he was uh, you know, they're talking about him in Stampede, for example. He was a guy that was there on the forefront of the AWA when they were still, like, when Hulkamania was there, he was there. He was one of the founding members of the WWF expansion. Um, he's the guy that fucking, we've talked about it here on the show before, the guy that fucking smacked the shit out of John Stossel, um, which is one of the most famous or infamous moments in wrestling history. Yeah, like he said, like, you could call me late for dinner, but never call me fake. <laughs> exactly. And dude, the, the, and the fact that he's getting this resurgence is great, but it's also sad because this dude's been a wealth of, he's not a drug dude. He's not all fucked up. He remembers. He, you know, like he's a cognizant member of those fucking rosters and everything. And he's seen a lot of shit in wrestling and people in wrestling and, and the greatest that have ever come and gone. And it, again, it, he's gone untapped until recently. So what the fuck is wrong with everybody, number one? But number two, like, I'm glad that it's finally happening because it's better than nothing. Yeah, no, he, he was great. And, and again, that's why I kind of said that. Even when you read off the round table, I'm like, you know, we mentioned that the round the round tables were kind of hit and miss. All all good guys, but but we said when you're covering the territories, there's a lot of people that are no longer with us. That, that you know, even with you know talking about the AWA, and, and of course you have Greg Ganya that's Vern Ganya's son, but you don't have Vern, you know. And, and in this case, Vern would be the yes, you're yeah. You're like I'm not saying we have right. Stu, but you have Brett, you know. So I I just think the round table is a a, a big portion of of the way that they set this up so so this one being uh you know maybe the best one really made it stand out because again it's a story that you and i have heard many times the history of uh you know the territory in canada with with stampede but having these guys kind of carry this whole thing made it stand out compared to the last couple episodes that we we covered where we said there was something kind of off, you know, like like you, you had a great point. It kind of brought the 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 series here back back on the rails to to where we were kind of hoping it could be. Agreed. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. I mean, they get into some some stories in this one. Of course, uh, they talk about Stu and how he would stretch everybody. Um, of course, they they talked about him. You know, uh, he caught a guy stealing a car, stretched the shit out of him, and then offered him a job. So they're trying to give you an idea of what Stu was like. Um, they tell the story about uh, Andre the Giant, how he'd never come back again. Um, you know, they they're, so they're trying to, you know, one of the biggest stars that ever came into the territory with Andre and a legend. So they wanted to bring and that, that like that. That was all over uh, Smith Hart driving him erratically. Yes, because <laughs> they were trying to beat ass to get to the show on time. Yeah. Um, Dr. D tells a story about putting laxatives in cookies because you got to get the rib story on there, of course. And Brett, of course, being like, I thought it was the hot dogs. So he just found out that Dr. D put laxatives in cookies from 40 years ago. Yeah, that's hilarious. Um, and, dude, my the Mabel party story is pretty fucking funny. Uh, I'm not going to tell everybody what that is because, like, it's, you know, you either find out what it is or you don't. But it's a major rib in wrestling that they would do to people uh, in the Stampede territory quite frequently. Um, they talk about Bad News Allen. And, you know, they didn't really get into a lot with him, but there's there's a lot of, like he was a guy that wasn't always willing to do business because he was legitimately tough. He's the guy that and I don't know if you've ever seen this video or not, the Jay, 
He's a dude that always claimed that he got screwed out of a gold medal in judo in the Olympics. And there's video of it. And when you watch it, he wasn't lying. He should have won the gold, but he got fucked. And it's really weird to say this, but it's, but like, you know, especially too, because his character was always like this badass street fighter dude. But meanwhile, he's like proficient as fuck at judo. Um, and he's also a guy too, where there's a legit story where he heard Andre the Giant say the N word. And he was like, the fuck did you just say? Like one dude that legit went at Andre. Uh, and it was a, on a bus in Japan. So his his reputation precedes himself. But dude, the one thing that I wanted to bring up, because I thought it was so fucking funny. Abdullah's talking to Brett in this one. And he's like, I forget the story that he's telling, but he's like, you know, they had this place and it was this restaurant. It was a great restaurant. It was right next to this bar. You know what I'm talking about, Brett. It was right next to the bar. And he was like, well, I was in sixth grade at the time. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> like, was great. Like, I, was, I wasn't working, Abby. You're way yeah. fucking older than yeah. me. And I was in sixth grade. And meanwhile, he's like, dude, I'm a world-renowned professional wrestler. I've been in a million bars that are attached to hotels or whatever the fuck you're talking about from 1965. I guess he figured he'd remember it because it was in the territory. Yeah, no, I get and it, he, but that was hilarious. He was yeah, he, he was like, because like, he put it in, in Canadian terms, like I was in the grade of six or like, I forget how he put it, but you know, he, oh, yeah. he didn't say like yeah. sixth grade. <laughs> yeah. I was in grade six, I think he said. I was in grade six. Yeah. <laughs> like, but, uh, but dude, overall, a really, really fun, good episode with good stories it didn't feel like anybody was fucking bullshitting around. Yeah, that's that's what stood uh, out. It, it, they it were was... all legitimate. Like, everybody had to... And, and, dude, even, you know, like, down to everybody. I mean, obviously, you figured the three would have had really good things to say. But at first, I was like, Bobby Bass? What the fuck? They all had their parts. And, they, like, the Bobby Bass stuff didn't feel forced. It wasn't like Brett just took the whole thing over. Everybody had their time. Everybody had their stories. And they all felt like they fit. So there wasn't, like, nothing was being shoehorned in there. Um, you know, no, you're just not getting bullshit. It was a pretty thorough, decent, fun episode. And it's, in like, comparing it to the Memphis one, this is what we want this to be. Right. Yeah, it was just it was just very smooth. Like I always talk about with with my watches, one thing that always stands out to me, like like most of us, we don't want to waste our time, is, is things that are well paced. And this one absolutely flew by for me, which is always the tell. You know, I was like, man, that was just so entertaining and so good. Those guys were so funny, and and it's not like all of them haven't been. You know, we just call a spade a spade and how we see it. In in you know the the AWA one. And, and the one before that, what was the one after the second Memphis one? Oh, the championship Yeah, the, the, Florida. the Florida. Yeah, the Florida one and the AWA one. They, they were still good. You know, it's like you know, stuff you enjoy. It's it's just calling it like it is. And there, there was just certain things that maybe dragged or, you know, we, we had said about the Florida one that maybe the, the concept of just squeezing all these different stories and the way the way they're, they're kind of putting everything together isn't the best. But this, again, I, I'll, I'll reiterate it, just put it back on the rails of, of kind of where this series started with the, the, the Memphis territory, because I thought it started off very well with Memphis and the round table they had with that and the stories they were able to tell. And this kind of, you know, two episodes that were again, entertaining, but just a little bit off. I, I compared it to dark side of the ring. I was like, it just didn't have me looking forward to it as much. And now I'm back into it. You know, next, next week's the, the you know, we can talk about it is the Polynesian pro wrestling. And, and I'm just Dude. looking forward to, to it moving forward. I was going to say next week is going to be massive 
because it's either going to do one of two things. It's either going to tank the shit back into like, yeah, this is fucking stupid. It's off, yeah. Or it's going to be so good because Polynesian Pro, that's the company that, that was run by uh, The Rock's mom and grandma. Right, yeah. And it's a favor episode. That's why they're doing it because The Rock is an executive producer on the show. Now, maybe they do have some really good stories and maybe it is going to be really good, um, but maybe it's going to be terrible. Uh, and the reason why is because Polynesian Pro was not a territory like the other ones. They didn't have their homegrown guys. It was built of stars from other promotions. And it was easy for them to run that kind of stuff because back then, it's like, hey, want to come here and work and get paid and basically come, be on come, a Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, come to Hawaii, yep. So, like, guys loved working there because of that, and they paid pretty well. So, it's going to depend on the uh, the round table, of course. Um, it's kind of unfortunate, dude, but I think The Rock would be a great person to have on there, but he ain't doing that shit. We know that. Um, so because they need, they need somebody like him to tell that side of the story, like, from his grandmother and mother's side. And I don't know who they're going to get, but I think it would be pretty good. Um, I do have faith in it. I'm looking forward to watching it. I just hope that it ends up being as good as I think it could be. Yeah, if anybody listening is is fans of the NBC series Young Rock, a, a lot of that story is told in sitcom form on, on the Young Rock show. So this will be kind of the real-life breakdown of, of exactly what was going on there. And you're going to get the more inappropriate for of course yeah and they, they did they even like sure. they didn't get deep obviously on young rock but they did have where the grandma's going to prison and like fighting that and everything yeah. so yeah it's definitely going to be interesting and and that's a great point hey it's kind of like the the make or break kind of towards the end of the season of the you know this newly inaugurated vice series stemming off of dark side of the ring with tales from the territories if they can keep the momentum going uh definitely a big episode coming up Absolutely. So hope you guys enjoyed that look at Stampede Wrestling. Uh, we are up against another commercial break. And whenever we come back, it's the big debut. Fridays at midnight, our brand new segment here. And the Jays first choice, 1987's Masters of the Universe. We will be back right after this on the What's Real podcast. The blue eyed line himself in the blood flow and flesh spewing on the mic as I can only spew for this ad for Churchill Pictures, and in turn, its website, churchillpictures.com. We are Churchill Pictures, established from the bond of two childhood friends. We envision creating visual content that is completely original, thought-provoking, and most importantly, entertaining. The most recent of our two feature films, The Unsung, is now available to own as we are in a partnership with distributor Bayview Entertainment, and they are helping us put this great art out to the world so help support, share the word, spread the word, and thanks as always for any and all support. Go to Vimeo.com to rent or buy streaming on Vimeo. Go to the awesome platform Amazon Prime, rent or buy on Amazon at Amazon Prime, AmazonPrime.com, or purchase the DVD for you collectors out there. You can buy the DVD from Walmart through Walmart.com or buy the DVD from DeepDiscountDVD.com. That's DeepDiscountDVD.com for the unsung hope lives in the shadows check out churchillpictures.com to check out the trailer and all information today churchill pictures we create worlds and we're back and it is time for our very first ever friday at midnight 
this time we are going with the Jay's Choice from 1987, Masters of the Universe. Um, I don't know. I think like a lot of people, like when they find out about this, they're like, oh, okay, that's cool. They made like the movie off the commercial or the toys and the, the cartoon and everything. But it like they like tried to deviate away from that stuff with this, which is kind of weird. Um, but the world of Eternia in the aftermath of Skeletor's war on Castle Grayskull, which he has won after seizing Grayskull and the surrounding city using a cosmic key developed by the locksmith Gwildor. The sorceress, the sorceress is now Skeletor's prisoner, and he begins to drain her life force as he waits for the moon of Eternia to align with the great eye of the universe that will bestow godlike powers upon him. So we're living in an era now where everything that gets made is based off toys and comic books and bullshit. Um, in the 1980s, that was not a proven commodity. So something like this, people, you know, they hear about it and they mean, oh, okay, it was like a big budget thing. It really wasn't. This was made by Canon Films in the 1980s, and it was considered a monumental flop at the time. Um, now, it's weird, too, because this is a movie that was a massive deal when it came out, okay? Like, especially to us, because we were young boys. We were definitely in the demographic. Um, but to most people, this kind of just came and went. And it doesn't get talked about a whole lot unless you're talking about like a cult status type thing. Um, so it kind of fits perfectly on what we're doing for Fridays at Midnight because this we're going for more obscure stuff. Trust me, it's going to get way more obscure than even this. That's, yeah, this, we said, this, yeah, this was a air. good place to start. And it kind of has a tie to the show anyways because we've talked very uh, specifically on the show about Canon Films, especially if you guys like... Uh, you know, Thursday Night Prime, the segment that is currently on hiatus. Um, we've talked about a ton of their movies there. Um, but Canon Films was like a B-movie studio. They made action adventure stuff, some horror stuff. And then something like this, which um, it was successful for them. They made money from it. It just wasn't successful as far as people thought it was going to be a massive thing. Um, and, it, and it wasn't as massive as they thought it was going to be. But it definitely you know, holds a place with people from our generation for sure, the Jane. No doubt. That's why you probably picked it. This is my first, I was going to read a quote from Wikipedia that, that kind of says it all and sums up what you were just going through. It was a critical and commercial failure, grossing 17 million worldwide against a budget of 22 million, but is now regarded as a classic cult film. And that's kind of, again, what we're kind of looking at. And that's like Ed was breaking down. Like we're going to get into all kinds of crazy territory other than just masses of the universe. But that's why I thought this was a great place to start. And it also has a personal, very deep place in my heart with nostalgia because He-Man, uh, for, for those that don't know, just a real quick rundown. Growing up as a child of the 80s, I, I was born at the very tail end of 79, basically 80. Hey, Ed was born uh, right after me in, in, in 1980. So we completely grew up in, in the 1980s. And then this is that whole time capsule of the toys of the time. And it was G.I. Joe, Transformers, Voltron, and Masters of the Universe were just off the top of my head, like four of the most popular ones. And from a personal experience growing up, most of my friends predominantly loved G.I. Joe. And I, you know, it would set the tone for how my life would be as 
a master of all trades that the J is and everything I get into. I did like aspects of GI Joe and dipped into Transformers and those other things. But the whole point to it is my personal shit was masters of the universe. I had all the main, you know, play, uh, what would you call it? Like the, the castle, like the, yeah, like the, 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 the play show. sets is what I was saying. Like I had all of them, like, and they were massive. Yeah. Too, man. I had castle gray skull. I had snake mountain. I had the one that came out a little earlier uh, or later. I should say was, uh, like castle Eternia or like Eternia or yep. something was like the third play set. I had all that stuff. Uh, you know, it shows you the difference with, with inflation and everything too, where the figures in the eighties, each guy was five bucks. And I had to beg my mom to get one. We, we didn't get spoiled back then. Like you always said that about Dude. your parents. Your, your parents are like, you don't need another guy. You have five guys. You don't get a sixth. You know, my, my son, as you know, because he's had a lot given to him. But I mean, he literally has like 100 wrestling guys, you know, and they're like 20 bucks plus a pop, not five dollars. Dude, so I don't know if you know this or not. You know that there are masters like they've re-released the masters of the universe. Yeah, we've talked about it currently. Yeah. Did you see how much they are? Probably twenty plus, twenty bucks. Yeah, and I can't do it. We we've talked about that. I, I can't open my collector heart to as an adult start adding in figures because I have a few of them for my pop culture centers. You know, I've said before I have a, a Conan figure that I've never opened and some Universal Monster ones. And there's certain ones that I'm like, I'm just getting it, you know. But I did not. I took your advice, Hey Ed, as I always say. Like I did not open that fucking can of worms you know because there's just so much shit and, and we say a million times over they are after guys like us nostalgia that has some expendable income you know that will fall for that shit like i i just started the show off like talking about the the rock shirt you know just going around with wrestling shirts that people are like oh where'd you get that you know or i love wrestling that's that's what Dude. so much money is made off of nowadays just simple nostalgia it gets even worse with shit like that because I've had people like, oh, man, that's amazing. Where did you get that from? And I'm like, I don't remember. That's why I told the dude the Internet. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't fucking remember where I bought this. Like, like, it's like, I don't maybe I got it on WWE, but like, I don't think that I did. So, like, I don't fucking remember where I got this from. Like, there's a lot of that that goes on with that kind of shit. I got this in a back alley in Egypt two years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's like I was really surprised, but the dude wanted Two, two shiny slivers for that. And I was like, sure. Slivers of my skin so that I had to cut myself. Yeah. <laughs> it was totally worth it. But but back on track, I, I was mentioning to you, I watched this uh, last night. I always, you know, it's one of our tradition or my personal tradition, I, I should say, is like anything on our segments, I, I watch, you know, it just gives me an excuse to watch it. You know, even if I watched it a million times or, or just watched it a month or something ago, I'll still just get into my head. And as we speak now, hey, and I watched this last night and I, and I had mentioned to you off air, it was something like, I'm like, oh, I could show my kids of like this world I was interested in at the time. You know, it's obviously a, a movie that the kids would watch. And, and my kids were like in the middle of playing. So they're like, we're not watching a movie right now. So my wife and I ended up watching this. <laughs> Date yeah. Night. And she's just like, oh my God, is this just 80s cheese? And that's exactly what it is. But the thing is, it is still entertaining. And as we know, uh, and that's why it's part of the segment, of course. And, and and what indoors is is what they call cult films, because you know certain number of people still find entertainment through things like this. And I definitely did. Like, uh, of course, the effects don't hold up. Like, like Hey Ed mentioned, they completely deviate 
from the cartoon that it's based on. And and that's I remember being upset as a kid after going to I, I saw this in the theater. I think you mentioned you did as well in, in the eighties. Yep, driving. Okay. So hey, I saw this in the driving, which again is a, a you know perfect fodder for for this concept with the the uh, Fridays at midnight. Uh, yeah, I saw this in the theater as well, obviously being a huge He-Man guy. And I remember being somewhat disappointed as like an eight, nine-year-old because I'm expecting, you know, some reaction of like what the cartoon was to me. You know, I, I still remember, you know, just to throw this out there uh, as it comes to my mind, being kids of the 80s, the advent of the VCR. You know, I remember my dad, yeah. buying, you know, like I I told this story on the, the podcast before, but my dad... Never, never the biggest tech guy, but he he would get things ahead of ahead of time here and there. Certain things, you know, I had Nintendo right away, and he got a VHS before they were very popular in the home and everything. And you know, I was probably four or five. You know, the VHS coming out in like eighty four, eighty five, and first taking me to the video store. The very first video I ever rented, I still remember, was a. You know, it had probably a couple episodes of He-Man on it. And I, I remember my dad even saying, like, I'm paying $2. To, he's like, you watch this all the time. Like, I still have that memory when I was like five years yeah, old. Yeah, it was on now. TV. All it was on TV too, and yeah. like, I'm renting it. My dad's like, whatever, you're five, you know, but I still have that memory. You know, it was like the first thing I ever rented was was Masters of the Universe, the cartoon, like an idiot. So um, <laughs> I, as we say on the show, I digress, but the, the movie did deviate from from the animated series. And I think they just had to do that. I think they were going for, I think there was a, a Star Wars influence to this. Would you agree with that, Hey Ed? Because like- Yeah, they're fantasy type Yeah, because they, they, they like the, the good guys and bad guys fight with like kind of laser guns, which wasn't in the well, show. I, Even though He-Man has the sword, he barely ever used it. Here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand now, um, because Star Wars is such a fucking thing now. Um, but there was a time where Star Wars was basically a B movie, and it just did really big business. So a lot of studios were like, "Oh, we can make a B movie and exactly make big yep. business." Like that's definitely what this was. Like this was Canon Films trying to like get get into the realm of the regular studios by coming out with a major blockbuster, and it just didn't work out that way. Yeah, because again, you have uh, Dolph Lundgren, as we all know and love, who's still around and relevant to this day. God bless him as He-Man. And, and again, rewatching it, I was really focused on that. And I'm like, you know, it's terrible acting at the time, but it's it's fucking He-Man. He's not doing monologues. Like, it worked for the time, and and you're just looking at the look, which is obviously how he got hired. And, and he's a great He-Man for that time. You know, blonde hair, blue-eyed Swede, no body fat, 6'5", whatever the fuck he is. It made sense. You know, then you have a well before friends, Courtney Cox, who like Katie even said, she's like, oh my God, how young is she? Uh, for those listening that don't know Katie, my wife that I'm watching this with, and she portrays a high school student in this, even though, you know, classically, she's probably at least in her 20s playing a high Dude, school. Dude, she kid. was in maybe two, three years before that. She was in the Bruce Springsteen video. Right. That was like yeah, that was her break in the fame. In. Yep. Uh, and, and, and yeah, the, the plot's goofy about this cosmic key, but again, it's 80s cheese and it, and it makes it a, a great cult classic. And, you know, some of the standouts of course is Meg Foster is great as evil Lynn. Uh, you, you always need the, the players, you know, Frank Langella is unrecognizable as Skeletor and he does great. Yeah. He's a great Skeletor. I like the look of Skeletor even to this day. And then I have to tell you this, Hey Ed, I completely 
with especially without the kids around completely turned into into a mystery science theater 3000 of driving <laughs> my wife nuts i was just making the comments and the biggest fodder for it was of course billy barty as gwildor I, I just also I just, famously known as the uh, the little person in body slam. Yes, and I just would not let it go. Like anytime I'm like fucking Gwildor, you know, because he's always cutting up. He like finds the ribs, you know, like from the the, the Dude, rib place. He's like eating those. Like this is weird. <laughs> that's such a fucking canon films thing is to like put Billy Barty in exactly. Something like, in that's the, like we have to add, add Gwildor because that's the other thing. There was Orko from the cartoon and like Orko basically got replaced from f- for Gildor. Cause I guess it was easier for them to do than, you know, back then they didn't have CGI and Orko was such a, a tough character to portray on film, you know, dude, how weird is this? That Billy Barty made masters of the universe and body slam in the same fucking year. dude. That's the other thing that came from this. 87 was banging. It was 87. It, it was what we- predator, uh monster squad i think came out in 87 this yep. is all off the top of Definitely. my head uh there's a ton of shit in 87, yeah 87, 87 was off the chain. like yeah it was a great year dude that's uh oh no it's a year before they live um maybe rambo 3 2 came out in 87 i don't it was 87 or 88 i forget but like dude there was just tons of shit at the time like everything uh, robocops 87 that's another one. Oh, dude it goes on and on but another big thing that was a standout was uh, Detective Lubick in this was the dude from uh, freaking Back to the Future, the principal. He plays the cop. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> Lubick. <laughs> and, oh my God. and it's hilarious because at the end, so he's like a, for those that, like this, this review, this is going to show you Fridays at midnight because this is definitely for insiders. Like we're not. If you have no clue what we're talking about, I don't blame you. So, because we're, yeah. we're not explaining really much, like it's it's just kind of. Uh, and I mean, hey, if if you guys want to watch it, it's on HBO Max currently. Yeah, that's so true. It's not like yeah, watch it, and check it out. But but yeah, so uh, the Luba character, he he's just a, a cop. It's portrayed by James Tolkien. That like we said is from from Back to the Future. He's he's in all three of them as as the principal that busts uh, Marty McFly's balls. But he's like this hardened cop that like, you know, comes on to this whole plot and the other cops really don't believe him and all that, that kind of trope. And he ends up in Eternia, like towards the end, they get the cosmic key working from Earth and go back to Eternia and he ends up with them by accident. So he ends up like fighting with them and everything. And at the way end of the movie, they're like, all right, Lubick, we're going back. And he's like, oh, no. I'm staying here. He's like, I got a, a chick. He is like a hot ass chick for no reason. And like, she's like feeding him grapes. He's like, I'm good. He's just staying in eternity. <laughs> you know, it's like, there's like, fuck everything. Yeah. There's so much cheesy shit. But again, that's why it stands out. And, and that's why I called this out though, for a very personal uh, preference for the J with my history with, with He-Man and growing up, uh, you know, playing with the action figures and collecting them. And then this being the big film. And, and like you said, like, I, I not only was it a, a commercial failure, but as a fan of it, even seeing it in the, in the theater. And again, I got to say I was eight or nine years old, but I remember being disappointed initially. And then as years would go on, I'd of course rent it and, and things like that. And, and I always liked it and had a place in my heart for it. And to the point that I hadn't watched it for years, 
we brought it up for the segment and and as i've been referencing i watched it last night and it was still thoroughly entertaining even my wife at the end just like yeah it was a stupid cheesy 80s movie but it was it was funny and she's like you know you were cracking me up during it with the fucking gwildor goddamn gwildor <laughs> always messing shit up goddamn billy barty but yeah you know this this was a great one to start the segment it just brings me back but uh but yeah masters of the universe is definitely uh, a canon cult classic what can you say hey yeah why don't you throw us a tagline too while you're at it did you? a battle fought in the stars now comes to earth and that just says it all for the uh the comparisons to star wars <laughs> they actually have that in the t- they True. probably said that like make sure stars is in the tagline even though yeah like, we gotta get to some kind it. of shit in here yeah. god damn it we gotta fool a bunch of people into getting into the theaters for this but uh but yeah that was uh that was our first episode of fridays at midnight so i hope you guys enjoyed that uh next week on the show is my turn uh, we're going to go back to 1979 for this one. Some crew members of a, com- of a company shooting a horror film begin to suspect that the killings in the movie are real and that they are actually making a snuff film. Again, from 1979, directed by Dusty Nelson. This is not only a really obscure movie, it's a great movie, and it also has a major tie to the show because it's all Pittsburgh-made. It stars John Harrison, Deborah Gordon, Tom Savini, and Joe Pilato. We're going to talk effects next week here on the show. So stay tuned for that. But we have our very last commercial break coming up here on the show. Whenever we come back, we're going to wrap up the show, hit the old waterfall of goofs, and uh, call it a day. So stay tuned, guys. We'll be back right after this on the What's Real Podcast. Check out Mycology Start for the world of fungi at mycologyst.art. For the whole world of Kingdom of Fungi, you can learn about the mushroom catalog, glossary of terms, how to identify, hunt, and growing mushrooms of all kind. As a hobbyist, this is what they do. So check them out today at mycologyst.art. Hey everybody, this is Herman James for the What's Real Podcast, and I'm here to just let you know to welcome you to Goofs or Goofs. And we're back, and it's that time once again. So, the Jay, what do we got this week on the goof front? Uh, here we are. Hey, yeah, our little gobbler gobblers down there, our turkey folk in the beautiful lagoon. Dolphins are still splashing down there, and there it is. The majestic, mystical waterfall of goose still flowing like it always will. Far after we're gone from this earth, hey, Ed, the waterfall of goose will always be flowing. No different for episode 139. And that is one of the things that I'm going to do this week. We talked about the micro machine man that we grew up with where he did the commercials. Like, I'm going to throw a ton of shit straight at your air here on this episode of GRG because there's a lot of goofy shit. We're starting off. We're recording here on election night. And the first thing I have to say to you, hey, yeah, we don't get political on the show, but I'm telling you right now, vote Quimby. He'd vote for you. He would vote for you. That's true. And we're we're starting there with the Simpsons reference for for those that don't. Yeah, we know. don't. You know what we we campaign for Quimby here. Oh, Quimby's the man. I, I hate politicians, so it's saying a lot. Uh, this this was hilarious. High school students are forced to retake SATs after their tests flew off a UPS truck. You know what Fuck we would that. say? Hey, Ed. Fuck that. You were ahead of me. That was my exact quote. <laughs> we don't rehearse this. Fl- fly this off a UPS truck, buddy. Yeah, I'd be like, Woodland Hills in the 90s, they'd be having to deal with mugs fighting 
like, dude, I completely. still remember going in, in high school and taking my SATs on a Saturday, like hungover and fucking exhausted. And I'm like, why do I have to be here more? <laughs> yeah. Like I hate that fucking. And I'll be honest, for me, it was the most pointless thing I've ever done because I never really needed it for anything. Oh, so many things in school. We talk about that all the time. They don't teach you That's true. simple life skills, but you're learning about like ancient Mayans. Which I love history, but it's like I could read a book on ancient Mayans, not take a nine month fucking class on it. Like I know how they cook oil. Like my 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 favorite quote about it is like, I need to know how to do my taxes. And they're like, molten lava is pronounced magma. Yeah. Liquid hot magma. Like, I don't know how to do my taxes still, guys. And I've never seen a volcano. So thanks. This this next one is a visual. Hey, Ed, where this uh, plus size model says, I'm plus size and haters say my tummy looks like a butt in these pants. And I just sent you the visual. And it looks like she has a, a, a front butt. What the fuck? Yeah, can you like, believe that? Dude, I don't. Okay. And it says, y'all hate, I'm happy. And it's like, I mean, nobody, if you like your front butt, nobody's complaining. Yeah, like, yeah, it's like, now you do realize by telling people that you're happy about it on the internet that they're all coming for you now. All the people who aren't happy are coming for you. I love how it's... And that's a lot of, that's like 400 million people on Twitter. It says, I'm plus size and haters say my tummy looks like a butt in these pants. And the first comment is, they ain't lying. (laughs) That, I mean, yeah, they're not. Oh, yeah. Like, like I ain't here to shame nobody, but like, okay. I mean, dude, it's kind of like, if I was fucking ashamed of my nutsack that was the size of fucking like a boulder, I ain't going to put it online and be like, haters think I ain't happy. Like, and then everybody makes fun of my weird nutsack and I'm crying about yeah. it. Like, like, look at my weird ass penis. I'm proud. It's like, all right. It's like a weird dick. Yeah. Like, oh, man, what the fuck? Like, dude, you're the one that put your weird dick on the internet for everybody to make fun of. Well, and then you have the people people hitting on her. Could you please ask what the back end looks like? I have a good friend, Leroy, who likes the Lizzo's, and I also wouldn't mind a crack at that. She cute. I mean, she's not bad looking. No, she just has her certain front butt, you know? Yeah, I'm not. Never mind. I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> I can't even show my son that because he'll be like, she poops out of her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even show my friends that because someone would probably say the same thing. Speaking of which, my favorite fantasy football player, as I mentioned, Tyreek Hill, the cheetah. Stats don't speak for themselves. Hey, Ed's the Dolphins receiver has another way to show you why he's the best. By catching a football with his hands smothered in butter. Did you see that? And he pulled it off? <laughs> no, but I believe it. I mean, those dudes like, like, dude, I seen somebody making a comment about like how receivers are all great now because they all wear gloves and shit and the gloves are super sticky and the gloves are super sticky. Don't get me wrong, but I'm like, stop that shit. Like these dudes are fucking no joke. That's just what it is. Like. I'm sorry that you don't believe your eyes, but like these dudes are that good. It just is, you know, get over. As we say, it's not the diatribe, but we talked about that getting older and learning about steroids. Like, you know, yeah, steroids help in certain ways, but it's not making you the best athlete on the planet if you take steroids, quite obviously. No, I mean, you need the type of coordination to catch a football that goes at stupid, insane speeds. So like... You can take all the steroids. Like, right. dude, it I makes great dudes better until the cows you know. come home. But I'm not gonna, dude. If I took like 
a doctor sat me down and put me on the, the exact perfect amount of that shit that I'm supposed to be on, right? And I'm like, you know, it's working. You're not going to get in the Do NFL gonna, tomorrow. Yeah, I'm not going to be like, hey, bro, I'm going to try out a wide receiver for Tampa. You'd be like, uh, what? Yeah, like just watching Black like, Adam. It's not like he goes, Shazam, and you're like a goddamn super god. No. It's like, oh, that's, now, that's now I could do 15 more crunches than I did yesterday. Yeah, it's like, I, dude, I did some steroids. Now I can literally run 400 miles without getting tired. It's like, now I'm a human. I'm going to die. <laughs> yeah. My heart's going to blow. Let me ask you this, hey, Ed. Would you spend nearly $1,400 to walk faster? Would I? <laughs> These battery-powered shoes can boost walking speeds up to seven miles an hour and adjust nope, to a mind. user's walking pattern pattern by using a machine learning algorithm. So when I said never mind, do you know why I said never mind? Because you'd get jumped if you're wearing powered walking shoes like a goof. Sort of. You're on the right track. But what's the term that me and you both have for ourselves that we occasionally bring up here on the show? It's pertaining to shoes. Sneakerheads. Yeah. I ain't going to be caught in them dead in them fucking stupid looking things whatever the fuck they like i'm sure they look dumb as fuck well, it was like when uh those young youngins because we're old as fuck now had those shoes that had like the little wheel in them before i knew about oh, them like the and they wheelies? would like they would like scoot by i'm like what the hell yeah it's like is this kid fucking like levity <laughs> yeah, what is so that weird when those like, first came it, out well, and it's even weirder for me, especially if you know me in the time periods of when these things came out, because it's like me and you would be somewhere and that would happen. And I'd be like, dude, that little kid is levitating or I'm really fucking high right now. Yeah. <laughs> and chances are it was one or the other. Like the kid might have been levitating, but I was probably fucking high. Yeah, it's like a combat. Um, but no, they just had... They just had wheels in their shoes. Like, that was something that we needed. And like, when's the fucking shoes coming out with pogo sticks in them yeah. or whatever the fuck? Like, since we're inventing pointless bullshit. Yeah, it's like, if, if you give me some rocket boosting shoes I can get used to and I can fly from here to Florida in an hour, then we're talking. But until then, yeah, get the fuck out of here with your bullshit. Yeah, they're never going to make those. Because people, I don't know. If Everybody would die. Jay, but people can't drive cars, so they're not going to be like, here, Put some rockets on your feet. I'm sure everything will be fine. This is a, a story from the past, uh, just to bring it up. It's almost like a uh, PSA. As tasty as it might look, you should refrain from licking the Sonoran Desert Toad. The National Park Service is warned. Okay, I think they're taking this the wrong way, because judging from the comment I just made like five minutes ago... <laughs> um, no one's licking frogs because they look delicious. They're doing it because they think it's going to get them fucked up. Again, first comment. I'll let natural selection take care of this one. However, if your dog licks it, immediately walk, wash your dog's mouth out with a garden hose. <laughs> Dude, As usual, people like care on the internet care more about animals than people. <laughs> that's true. They're like, I don't care if the guy dies. Yeah, like you're an idiot. Like you're licking frogs. Yeah piece of shit did the frog fucking consent to that and then you know we're talking about the simpsons references reference futurama for once with the hypnotoad remember the fucking hypnotoad oh, <laughs> i forgot all about that uh, i don't even watch futurama that much but i know what you're talking about with that one 
It's one thing for a football team to destroy its opponent, but never like this. Did you see the uh, IMG Academy scored 96 points in a first half to WTP zero and the game got called? Dude, how weird is this? No, I didn't. But I thought you were bringing up another thing at first because I saw a high school game and they were like, this is a real score. This team won 88 to six. And I'm like, dude, they let high school kids get fucking slaughtered. <laughs> They're like, they have fucked their confidence in their life. This is the drumming you need, you stupid 15-year-old. That's what the one dude said where it says the, the academy score is 96 points. You know, it's just like the uh, the article and then you have to click on it. And he said, thank me later. This article was about a high school football game that escalated into a full-blown chaos when the winning team fed their opponents to 16 wild animals from 10 local zoo. There were no survivors on the loser team's roster. Like, thanks, Hugh, for your commentary. Jesus. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, take, taking things that are bad and just making it even more dark. Although, in a good thing, did you hear Astros fan Mattress Mac made history winning 75 oh. million with the World Series bet. But but here's the thing, Fuck. hey Ed, he had 10 million to bet in the first place. It's one of those things. Like Fuck him and fuck Astros fans and fuck the Astros. How about that? I agree. Just had to throw that in there cuz he won 75 mil off 10. Thanks cuz I always look forward to just saying fuck the Astros any chance I get. All right, only two more here. This one had me dying. I just sent it to you just for the reference. A parrot steals a reporter's AirPod in Chile while he was telling the audience about rising crime rates. And this is real. It's on CNN. It's entitled Burglar Bird. And the dude's all pissed. <laughs> it's entitled Burglar Bird. <laughs> and it's just in the background, just still going. He's all looking back. Like, dude, you're not getting your AirPod back, you fucker. Like, what an idiot. You stupid asshole. Yeah. Jesus. Last but not least, here in Pittsburgh, I got to say, I'm challenging this dude. I'm sure you heard about this. Uh, the, the main thing was from Barstool Sports. Philly lost two championships yesterday as this article was released. But the next day, the city did come together to celebrate one local man who put his life on hold to eat one rotisserie chicken a day for 40 days straight. And they love this man in Philly. And the Jays going to challenge him. As you know, here on the podcast, hey, Ed, I just sent you the article for reference. The Jays going to do it for 69 days. I'm making the proc proclamation here on the show. <laughs> number one, no, you're not. Um, number two, like, see, this is why people think Philly sucks because of shit like this. This is fucking dumb. Like, oh, it's the, the guy eats the rotisserie chicken. Like, great, dude, whatever. Like, I'd be more into it if the dude ate fucking, like, Gino's cheesesteaks every day or some shit, because then it's like, I'm going to watch this dude's fucking coronary artery explode. But rotisserie, I'm like, I, good? Like, it's like the kind of thing, like, some dude's like, I'm going to eat a rotisserie chicken every day for 40 days. And you're like, you, you, you do that, Dave. Yeah, they already they pro, they proactively have a GoFundMe for his uh, anus to be put together in the yeah, near future, it, and it's priority up to four hundred and thirty-seven thousand dollars because yeah. everything's stupid as fuck. Yeah, because the only the only uh, included the other famous Philly eater was an Eagles fan that ate horse shit to celebrate winning the Super Bowl a few years ago. 
and yeah, uh, he's he's now homeless in Lower Philly. That's the most Philly thing I've ever heard. <laughs> like, you see the Philly fan that ate the horse shit after they won the Super Bowl? It's like, no, but that's, yeah, that's pretty much on Well, only in Philly, Philly do they have to grease up as many fucking light posts as they can in the city to stop people from climbing them if they win a championship. Fucking city's filled with fucking savages. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> jerk offs but there were so many in the rapid fire hey ed i'm not doing my usual go oh you know what i got one more and th- this is one i wanted to throw at you because i wanted to get your take on it so i'm glad i didn't forget so then maybe i'll run through them because i'll get a second wind but a quest 2 developer which is the vr game you know like vr okay he made yep. a game that kills you if you lose the vr game for real based off of an anime did you see this like it kills you as a human? Like yes. Literally, you die? Yes. Yeah, that sounds great. I just... Uh, cool. Here, I'll share it to um, your feed just so you could see it. So I'm, I'm sending this to your uh, your Facebook messenger here live on the show as I do to try to kill time when I'm trying to find your goddamn thing. Okay, I sent it to you. But the story is Palmer Lucky, who made a VR headset that kills the user if they die in the game... He's the man who did create the Oculus Rift. So he's invented a virtual reality headset that will explode the forebrain of a user who dies in a video game. May God have mercy on your soul. Hey, yo. Yeah. I mean, see, this is why I couldn't be a video game developer because I'd be like, I'm going to invent the game that makes you shit yourself. Like, that's where I'd be with it. Like, just horrible, embarrassing shit. I'm, I'm like, I'm not trying to kill people out here. Like, plus two... You got to love it, too, when somebody that's clearly skilled at doing this sort of thing invents something that no one's ever going to use. Well, I hope not. Like, that's the thing. Like, it's, I'll do this for my family if you give them $5 million. It'd be like me coming out and be like, I've made a major breakthrough, guys. I've just created this metal toothbrush you use to clean your butthole. And it's like, uh, what's that? Uh, what's that reality idiot that's always in the uh, memes, like Fat Eddie or whatever? He, like, boned, like, all these chicks on a reality show. You know what I'm talking about? He has like the terrible beard. I'm trying to think what his name is. Are you thinking, the only dude that comes to mind for me is Slobby Robbie, but I don't think that's who we're talking about. Yeah, is that the just fat, goofy ass dude? He was in all the memes. I, maybe. I'm not sure. Slobby Robbie. But, you know, I could see him doing it. Like, you know, like, give me a challenge. Do you know Slob, like, Slobby Robbie's like a dude that owns like a fucking resale store in Vegas. Like, dude's loaded. But he, he looks like hell. But he's not on reality shows and shit, right? No, he had a show on Netflix all about his fucking store. That's why I was, whenever you said reality show, I was like, that's the only one I can really think of. Yeah, because he, I, I've seen so many memes with him. He's always popping up like. You know, I'm just trying to think of uh, where he was from. But as we say, the super popular freaking email, what's real at gmail.com. If you know who uh, I'm talking about, the fat fucker. Yeah, cram our, <laughs> cram it in our inbox, you fucks. <laughs> and the, bottom, the point I'm trying to make is he's going to die trying to do Palmy Lucker's video game that kills you if you die in the game. But... My point is, knowing our luck, we're all waiting for it, and he beats the game, and just like he yeah, does so the Deion Sanders touchdown dance, like off camera, like I'm out, I'm going to eat seven hoagies. 
then breaks his leg and gets fucking uh yeah he tears his acl clot and dies from that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just hear him on the side gurgling like like fat so yeah yeah but you didn't survive life, like rest so, in peace fat tubby. eddie yeah they bury him in a hoagie bun <laughs> i'd call him fatty <laughs> yeah. fat so what you fatty fat sloppy bastard <laughs> we're losing it i'm just <laughs> Goofs are goofs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. I can't. I know. We, I fucking quit. 140 next week. It's, we're it's, drinking 40s. <laughs> we're going to die. God damn it. Uh, so, guys, that's about it for us this week here on the show. If you listen to us on iTunes, give us a five-star review, or I might come to your house and murder you. I don't know. We'll see. Um, you can listen to us on all your favorite podcasting platforms each and every week, such as Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Google Podcasts, ChurchillPictures.com. But before we get out of here, hit the J revving it up so the J take it away. Revving it up like Fat Eddie, the reality star that I just made up. Hey, Ed, I Googled him. There's no Fat Eddie. So we're, we're going to take that. <laughs> We've created, We've created Fat Eddie. <laughs> so anybody can prove me wrong, but... I'm revving it up like the adventures of Fat Eddie. But yeah, I got to do the usual, run through them. Love the show. To our producer, the wizard behind the boards. This, folks, if you're still listening to us, is what he has to put up with. So we thank you, Cam, the wizard behind the boards on what you do and putting up with us each and every week since January 2020. God bless you. And that's why we had, hey, Ed and I had to pay for a therapist for the wizard. But it's working. He's still doing his job. And we thank you, Cam. My brother, hey, yeah, it's always a fun journey, man. I'm crying. Got to go get something to eat. Much love. To those listening, stay safe, stay healthy. You'll hear the J next week. So that's about it for us this week here on episode 139. Of course, to Cam, our producer, thank you for everything you do. Nobody beats the whiz. J, clang, clang, tag champs. Never lost. We're the shit. Never going to lose. You know how it goes. But that's it for us this week here. Don't forget to join us next week for episode 140 and beyond. So stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you here next week on the What's Real Podcast.